A week-long heat wave in the Pacific Northwest continues today with the National Weather Service predicting triple-digit temperatures in some areas. After even more intense heat last year, Oregon adopted some of the nation's strongest protections for workers in excessive temperatures. But as Oregon Public Broadcasting's Monica Samayoa reports, not everyone is benefiting. For more than a decade, Willie Grishel has walked the same mail route in northeast Portland. He loves his job, but on hot days, he says it gets hard. Hello. Man, you are so lucky. Your own letter from the AARP, just what you're waiting for, right? Earlier this week, when temperatures soared into triple digits, his pedometer recorded he took nearly 34,000 steps during his 12-hour shift. On days like these, Grishel takes extra care for himself. He eats celery and cucumbers for lunch and drinks a ton of water throughout the day. If I don't get to that point of hydration, I'm already going to be in trouble at the start of the, the next day. After last year's heat dome event, the state put in place new protocols to protect outdoor workers. Employers are now required to provide access to shade, cold drinking water and additional rest breaks. But some workers say they're still laboring in unsafe conditions. Skylar Fisher is a forklift driver at a grocery warehouse. Usually I get home and I do stuff, but I just collapse on the couch pretty much because I'm so exhausted. On this recent hot day, Fisher says the warehouse he was working in had no AC or air ventilation. He also says his employer has not provided additional rest breaks or cool drinking water. You kind of lose hope. You got to go in there and get your paycheck or else your family aren't, isn't going to be fed. So you just you go in there begrudgingly every day. His employer disputes Fisher's claims. Last year, labor rights groups were instrumental in establishing new rules shortly after four people died during the heat dome event. Two of those deaths were farm workers. In Oregon, there are more than 100,000 agriculture employees. Ira Coyo Martinez is with the group Pineros y Campesinos Unidos del Noroeste. They represent farm workers. He says the new rules haven't been consistently enforced. Some workers were unaware of the rules even being in effect. Cuello Martinez says he's also heard that some farmers end the workday earlier when temperatures get too high. But that creates another problem for farm workers when they don't get paid as much. They don't have any other source of income and it does get stressful for them. So far, the state has opened more than 100 inspections and issued just a handful of citations for not following the heat rules. The agency says they'll issue more. Some farmers say the rules have been confusing and hard to enforce. But for some outside workers, the new rules don't apply at all. Like letter carrier Willie Grishel. He's a federal employee, not covered by state law. I know, baby. It's all right. As he nears the end of his route on this day in the 90-degree heat, Grishel says he hopes the federal government adopts standards like those in Oregon. If not, he fears more tragedies may force more regulation. The other way that it's going to happen is we're going to have more and more people die. Grishel describes the worst day he can remember last year when it reached 116 degrees. On that day, he says the sun just seemed angry. For NPR News, I'm Monica Samayoa in Portland. Without my rifle, I am useless. I must fire my rifle true. 
I must shoot straighter than my enemy who is trying to kill me. I must shoot him before he shoots me. I will. Before God, I swear this creed. My rifle and myself are defenders of my country. We are the masters of our enemy. We are the saviors of my life. So be it, until there is no enemy. But peace, amen. Good night, ladies. Good night, sir. The military faces a recruiting crunch so bad that some lawmakers are calling for hearings. The Pentagon could be tens of thousands of troops short by next year. Even North Carolina is having trouble signing up new service members, and it's typically in the top five for recruiting. But now the Army expects to fall 30 percent short of its annual recruiting goal in the state. Jay Price of member station WUNC reports. The Army is struggling the most. To hit its upcoming annual targets, it needs more Faith Thompsons. The 22-year-old aspiring combat medic walked in the Burlington, North Carolina recruiter's office one recent afternoon. She was dropping off some paperwork ahead of shipping out next month. Thompson has thought about enlisting ever since an encounter with recruiters at the state fair when she was six years old. She seemed almost puzzled at the question of why someone her age wouldn't consider the military. You have your housing paid for. You had a lot of um, educational assistance, a lot of educational opportunities. Those who are eligible for bonuses, they get bonuses, insurance. Thompson says her friends don't quite get it. They say, you know, why do you want to sign your life away for four years? You know, you're not going to have any freedom. As far as them not wanting to go in, a lot of them are in relationships. They don't want to leave that. Or they're scared. It's a big change, and that's a lot to take in for a lot of people. And some people just don't want to put in the work. Experts think that attitude, a shift away from the work part of the work-life balance, is one reason for the recruiting crunch, an issue civilian employers face, too. Recruiters already had been fighting some long-term trends for decades. Rising obesity rates and other physical and mental issues have left just 23% of young Americans eligible to serve. These challenges remain, but now there are more. We've offered a bunch of incentives. Major General Kevin Vereen leads the U.S. Army Recruiting Command. He says the Army is offering incentives it never has before. Enlistment bonuses of up to $50,000, a $35,000 bonus for shipping out quickly, even the option to choose where you're first stationed. So when you look at the incentives and what we were offering, what was surprising to us was we're not getting enough people to want to even take part and try to even receive the incentives. He says the number of potential recruits scoring well enough on the Armed Forces Vocational Aptitude Test has fallen sharply, apparently because high school academics suffered during the first years of the pandemic. But all the causes aren't clear. Beth Ash is a senior economist with the RAND Corporation. She's studied defense manpower issues for nearly 40 years. There's some real changes going on in the economy that are emerging and are not well understood about what that means for the military. She says there are several potential causes, including those shifting attitudes about work-life balance and a loss in confidence in the military as an institution. 
also a trend the military has long cited, the growing social divide that's left few civilians with a real sense of what military life is like. But there's not enough research yet to understand what may be a complex tangle of causes. There's a temptation to focus on everyone's sort of pet argument. Like, if you think this is about, you know, the military-civilian divide, you'll talk about that. You'll talk about things like sexual harassment and those sorts of issues in the military. I, I think we need to take a holistic view on this and explore the entire spectrum of potential causes. Earlier this summer, the Army decided to admit recruits who hadn't completed high school or earned a GED, but quickly backed away after a public outcry. It is, though, creating a kind of pre-boot camp with tutoring for those who need slightly higher test scores and help for those who need to drop a few pounds to qualify. Beth Ash mostly thinks the Army is taking smart steps, and after watching recruiting ups and downs for decades, she thinks the Pentagon will get it back on track. What they'll do is they'll throw a lot of resources at it, they'll adapt, they'll increase waivers, they'll do the kind of steps they're taking. She says that will still leave questions, the how questions, how long it will take, how hard it will be, and how much it will cost. For NPR News, I'm Jay Price in Burlington, North Carolina. Billy Holiday, I sing your blues. Bet your life against me and I swear to God you'll lose it. Motherfuck the cops, we still singing for St. Louis. Motherfuck the cops, we still singing for St. Louis. Motherfuck the cops, we still singing for St. Louis. During the coronavirus pandemic, many black business owners have found it hard to keep their doors open. Some couldn't obtain the loans they needed to survive during a public health crisis. As people start to resume their routines, black businesses are growing and black women are at the forefront of that growth. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson spoke with three black women entrepreneurs in the St. Louis region who started their businesses in the pandemic and are thriving now. It's a sunny Friday afternoon at Creole with a splash of soul. Restaurant owner Rhonda Walker just opened her doors at 2 p.m. and in walks a family from New York City. How many, how many total? How many total? Uh, ten. 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 Okay. Yes, Walker opened the eatery a little over a year ago. As she prepares shrimp and grits in the kitchen, she says business was booming at first, but dropped off a bit over the winter. Now the restaurant is busy again. Every single dollar that I made, it, it went back into the business. But it wasn't easy. The North St. Louis County native couldn't get bank financing. So being that I was brand new, I was told that the uh, restaurant industry was pretty much ravished with funds, especially with the COVID pandemic. She put about $30,000 of her savings and family loans into the business. And she sometimes works as a nurse to cover expenses and to pay her two employees. During the pandemic, some black women in the St. Louis region turned their passion projects into businesses because they were burned out from previous jobs. And it was hard to find new ones in the service or hospitality industry because jobs were drying up. Giselle Marcus is a diversity, equity, and inclusion professor at Washington University in St. Louis. What's happened with COVID has kind of shined a light on the fact that there's other options out there of which entrepreneurship is one. According to researchers at the University of California, the number of Black-owned businesses has increased by about 30 percent nationwide since before the pandemic, and Black women are driving that growth. Rachel Burns is one example. The St. Louis financial investment consultant opened her ice cream company, Bowl Spoons Creamery, in May 2020. 
She initially planned to sell specialty ice creams to restaurants, but scratched that idea and set up an online store. And then I just put like little samples on our neighbor's doorstep, which actually worked well because everyone was home. Those little samples turn into ice cream pints and gallons. She sells her products at Tower Grove Farmer's Market. Burns started out operating out of a commercial kitchen in downtown St. Louis. Now she makes ice cream on her 57-acre farm and creamery in Park Hills. As we wait for mint ice cream to freeze in her over 3,200-square-foot creamery, Burns says her business has grown exponentially since the onset of the pandemic. When we got our first online sale, it was $40. You know, it was not a life-changing amount of money, but it was like just a little nugget of proof that this might actually work. Schnucks Markets began selling products from Black-owned businesses in July 2020, including Bowl Spoons Creamery. And now Burns' ice cream is in over 20 local markets and shops. Another woman who found success as an entrepreneur during a pandemic is Tiffany Wesley. In 2013, the Florissant resident and entrepreneur started making facial soaps to treat her acne and daughter's skin conditions. Two years ago, she started selling body butters, oils, and cleansers online. And last summer, Wesley opened Pure Vibes Retail Shop and Spa in University City. She soon found there was a big demand for her products. It was just like perfect timing, like it was destined, right? We're in a pandemic. Soap was scarce, sanitizer was scarce. I pretty much had all of those products in a sense. Wesley's sales have nearly tripled in the last three years. And she's thinking about opening a second location. As the pandemic continues to wane, Black women entrepreneurs in the St. Louis area say they won't let any obstacles stop them from building wealth for their communities and families. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Mama, I got you. Little brother, I heard... Y'all ain't hitting in New York. Word. Word. I heard y'all ain't hitting in L.A. Word. 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 I heard y'all ain't hitting in North Carolina. North Carolina. When you walk into Southeast Raleigh Black Farmers Market on Sundays, you are immediately met with the sound of old school R&B and soulful gospel music. There's a distinct smell of jerk chicken and fish frying from the black-owned food trucks. Grandmothers wear church hats and carry baskets full of fresh produce. The bad taste of slavery for the African-American community um, often has shunned farming as an industry for us. And I believe that one of the greatest things about the Black Farmers Market is shifting that narrative. Vegan-based chef Amelia Irene joined the Black Farmers Market last year. She's the creator of Lotus Lane Culinary, a catering company that helps people on their own wellness journey. At the market, she sells her own spice blends and teaches cooking classes. She sees this as an intentional way of building Black social and economic wealth. I mean, the fact that we can grow our own food and create a legacy for our future generations to help them eat better, live better, be better, um, is one of the greatest things that I have walked away from as being part of the Black Farmers Market. Irene grew up around food. She's named after both her grandmothers, but she only met one, 
Grandma Irene died in her 40s from breast cancer, while Grandma Amelia died in her 60s from diabetes and heart disease. These health disparities in the black community aren't new. A recent report from the CDC shows that 80% of black women are overweight or obese, considerably more than non-Hispanic white women. Irene's motivation for being a vegan chef comes from her grandmother's. She sees a correlation between generations' old recipes and these health issues. But a lot of this, what comes from soul food is really the emotional connection. It connects us to our ancestors. And when we're sitting at that table, it's, oh my God, you made that just like grandma's mac and cheese. And one of my goals is to shift that emotional connection a little bit, still maintain that ancestral connection, but grandma would want me to have my best life. So maybe we can shift this recipe a little bit so I can live longer. Chef Amelia says changing seasonings and cooking practices is only the beginning of this journey. She believes that if we don't find a solution for black and brown communities, her work won't matter. And in my opinion, we fight that back with food and our ability to unify around the food, whether it's from the grower to the producer to the chef. You know, it truly takes a village to shift that and to fight it. For vendors like Irene, food accessibility is not the only bridge to creating social and economic growth in the Raleigh-Durham communities. It's about using our food as fuel to sustain our lives and building a village to support that mission. For North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC, I'm Ayasi Chimflu. When we first met Kathy, she was a hurricane evacuee surprised to find herself in Utah. Utah. Salt Lake City School Board members speaking out today, alleging that there has been racial harassment against Superintendent Timothy Gadsden, who was placed on leave last month for an undisclosed reason. New Special's Lad Egan now, live at district offices with details on this. Lad? Yeah, I'm here at the temporary offices of the Salt Lake City School District. The district will not say why Superintendent Timothy Gatson has been placed on administrative leave, saying that they don't comment on personnel matters. But today, a school board member and a former state senator alleged that the board is trying to push Gatson out. Is the Salt Lake School Board acting in accordance to law and professional ethics? Because you can't have three superintendents in less than four years, and not less is an issue with the board. When the complaints were coming in, they were coming against only the black cabinet members. Gatson is Utah's first black superintendent of a school district. He's only been on the job for a year. Ahead of tomorrow evening school board meeting, board member Muhammad Bade and former state senator James Evans are calling on parents to attend the meeting and support Gatson, alleging he's faced racial harassment. The systemic racism and the institutional racism we have within our district, unfortunately, was not ready to receive a black leader who can actually lead a district in a different direction. You have an unprofessional board that is siding with their friends in administration and undermining the superintendent. So it's, and, and then the backdrop to that is the uh, racial discrimination component. A letter to residents from Evans, co-signed by the local NAACP president, alleges Gatson faced an environment of intimidation, racial harassment, unfounded complaints, and secretive closed-door meetings to push him out without due process and without cause.
The district today said it had no comment on this matter and referred us to a statement last month from the board's president and vice president. That statement saying that they recognize this is uh, an important matter to the community, but also a sensitive matter, and that they know that the community wants more information, but that they can't comment because they need to protect confidentiality. Ashley, uh, the school district, though, confirming with me that tomorrow that the board does have a closed executive session, uh, Mike, rather, a closed executive session before that regular board meeting that's at 630. Back to you. Yeah, it'd be helpful some more information on this one. We'll see what happens here. Lad, thank you. This jersey that we wear today, it doesn't say Red Sox. It say Boston. Building is booming in downtown Boston with construction cranes visible everywhere. But the work crews on those jobs are not nearly as diverse as the city itself. Paul Singer from the GBH News Center for Investigative Reporting digs in to why there are still so few black workers on construction sites. Jamie Wallace is a glazier. He installs glass for major construction projects in the Boston area. Sitting outside his downtown job site on a recent afternoon, he recalls how few black workers were in his union when he joined in 1995. There are more now, he says, but not a whole lot more. So if I was number six, when I got in in 95, and we're at 30, 25 years later, what's that, one a year? It's a story that's repeated across Boston's building trades, which are still largely white. So in May, after years of organizing, Wallace was granted the charter for a Boston chapter of the National Coalition of Black Trade Unionists. They've been falling way short, and I just want to help, help them reach those goals. Wallace admits he's just guessing at the number of black glaciers his union won't give him any demographic information. That's not a surprise. GBH News has spent months trying to get local unions to tell us how many people of color are in their ranks. Union officials have declined to provide numbers and would not respond to questions on the record. But data the city collects from builders provides a hint. While Boston's about 54% people of color, the workforce on major construction projects last year was about two-thirds white. Some of the higher paid and higher skilled trades are the most segregated. Around 85 to 90 percent of elevator construction, heavy equipment, and crane operator work hours were performed by white workers. Boston is about 24 percent black, but the black workforce on construction jobs has been stuck at about 13 or 14 percent every year since 2012. So why are there so few black construction workers? The individual tradesmen and women that come to work on a site are not selected by us. That's Nick Dimitri, a senior VP at Suffolk Construction. Suffolk is building the massive Winthrop Tower Center in Boston's financial district. That building was supposed to be a model of minority inclusion. Suffolk signed a deal in 2019 with Boston's construction unions to meet the city's goal of at least 40% people of color working on that job. But the building hasn't hit the target. And Dimitri says that Suffolk's work crews come out of the local union halls. The limiting factor on our ability to deliver diversity against the city requirements is tied directly to how diverse or not the union hall is. But the unions argue that they're not responsible for hiring either. In an interview at a local union training center, Shatan Green, who works on sprinkler systems, explains that private companies hire the workers. The union then inherits that workforce. You just take that shop in, the workforce, once they unionize, they stay in and until they retire out, or it could be 
10, 20, 30 years. So those numbers are going to look like whatever shop we organize. The hiring the unions do control is apprenticeships. And state data shows that 30% of union apprenticeships in the building trades went to people of color in 2020. That's a much higher rate than non-union trainees. But there's no guarantee those trainees are going to wind up with long-term construction careers. Renee Dozier is a business agent for the Electricians Local. She says the unions are making a major effort to diversify. It's the non-union shops that are falling short. I do know that it's not as good in other places, but I know here we got it going on, and I'm proud to be a part of it, and I'm, a, I'm proud to see it, to watch it grow, and I'm going to water it and keep planting seeds. And those are pretty much the same seeds that the new chapter of the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists is hoping to nurture as well. Paul Singer, GBH, Boston's local NPR. This story was edited by Jennifer McKim. You're listening to GBH's Morning Edition. There were not that many violations for me personally because I would not permit it. Okay. Um, what about the attempt to violate? Oh, there were, there were uh, a lot of attempts, but, uh, you know, I just don't let... Uh, well, oh, okay, one of the big examples is we were down in Lexington, Kentucky, and we were supposed to play an exhibition game, and they were going to honor one of my teammates and one of the guys from the other team that had played there. So we got ready, uh, Casey was my roommate, and he went to go down and get a uh, pregame meal at the hotel, and they wouldn't serve him. So Casey comes back and tells me that because I was getting ready to go meet him. He says, where are you going? I said, going. he says, you get, they don't want to serve you down there. So I said, well, Casey, that's the best thing you said to me in a long time. <laughs> and he says, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to go home. He says, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to go home. I went in the room, and I called Eastern Airlines, and I said, when's your next flight out of here? <laughs> he says, where do you want to go? I says, Boston's my first destination. Then New York and Washington, and if you don't have anything going in those three places, then Chicago. But I want to get out of here. They said, we've got a flight that goes from here to Washington to Boston. I want a seat on it. So Kate says, you're not going to leave me? I said, okay, two seats. <laughs> then Sam and Satch came in the room, they says, and they, because they uh, had experienced the same thing. I said, well, you're not going to leave us. So I said, I want four seats. <laughs> and then there's a rookie, we couldn't find him. He'd been out for a walk, we couldn't find him. So I called Red and said, uh, Red, I'm going home. He said, yeah, it's been a long trip. Well, what time is the flight tomorrow? I said, oh, no, it's not tomorrow. I, said, I'm I got a 7 o'clock flight out here tonight. He said, what are you talking about? I said, I got a reservation on a flight out here at 7 o'clock tonight. He said, what, what, what's, why, what, what, what? I said, well. Went down to eat in the restaurant, they wouldn't serve us. So, I'm going to go out and get a good meal. <laughs> so, he said, wait a minute, let me, let me find out what happened. So, he called back about five, six minutes and said, everything's okay. What is okay, Red? What do you mean okay? Well, this hotel is the owner, and he's the general manager also. And he's invited you guys to have dinner with him in his suite. And I'll clean it up for you. 
I said, who the hell is he to think I want to have dinner with him? Yes. I, I'm not interested in socializing with him. I don't know him, and I don't want to have dinner with him. Who the hell is he? He says, well, well, what do you want me to do? I said, Red, like I told you a few minutes ago, I'm, I got a 7 o'clock flight out of here. So he says, he says wait, 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 before you do that, wait a minute, let me. <laughs> so he called back about five minutes. He said, listen, they said what you could do is go down to any restaurant now, and there'll be the end of segregation in that restaurant. Red, that's irrelevant. It doesn't make any difference. There's nothing that's going to change the fact that I'm going to be on that 7 o'clock flight. But nothing he can say, or anybody can say, to change that. I said, because, you know, apologies come up shaky to me. The reason I say that is, is that if you're sorry you did something, why did you do it in the first place? And most times the apology is you're sorry about the reaction you got to what you did. Not necessarily what you did. And see, I, I, I think I can separate that. Especially when money is involved, too. Well, and so I, um, so Red had a choice. And I really, really hated to put him in that position. Because he had a choice whose side was he going to take. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, he's got a uh, coach a team and a scheduled game. And uh, his players said they're not going to play. Now, what can he say? You have to play. Because this is game on schedule, and you're part of this team. He could have said that. But he probably would have lost yes. his <laughs> And as brilliant as he is, that was not really a question for him. Yes, and the psychologist knew. Yes. Yes, so, knew. Uh, so he said that he's going to go out to the airport with us to make sure that the tickets are <laughs> all right. He did, too. And he did. And but one other thing I did, I called the guys on the other team. Oh. And said, I want to give you some information. That's the only thing I'm going to give you. Nothing else. I'm not going to give you suggestions or anything. All I'm going to do is give you some information. Because I don't know how you stand and, and, and what your relationship with your team is, and I'm not going to put you in jeopardy. If you are in jeopardy, it will be of your own making. All I'm going to do is give you some information. The black guys on the Celtics are not going to play tonight. And the reason I'm going to give you that information is I don't want you to get to the game and then find out then. And so on the, on the spot, you've got to make a decision what you're going to do with not enough time to give it any thought. And that's kindness, too. You know, I said, so whatever you do, it's okay with me. I have no problem with it. If you decide to play, I hope you have a good game. You know, uh, again, I'm going to repeat myself, but I want to emphasize all I'm called to do is to give you information <laughs> so that you won't be blindsided when you get to the arena.
And so they decided not to play also. Fantastic. And so, but from then on, when they, when they start booking exhibition games, <laughs> they have to do some research. Yes, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> the great Bill Russell. Context of white supremacy. Gus T. Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, August 5, 2022. So I have been told this is our weekly broadcast, Neutralizing Workplace Racism not for spectators I think that's a book I have to make sure but I think I did see that there's a book called No Time for Spectators that's just counter racist law right there Uh, this broadcast neutralizing workplace racism certainly no time for spectators Spectators, especially if we have any non-white people, you have figured out these are things to do. Make sure you are a part of the union. You get hired. You are compensated accurately. They have fresh cold water. They don't have you out in 110 degree heat working like a slave, even though you are one. You have figured out if you need a day off, vacation time, get your child ready for school, maybe get them ready for college or what have you, whatever the case. No problem. Let us know how much time you need. Good luck to your daughter, son, you know, bravo for the fall. They don't mess over your work schedule. They don't wage theft you, you know, go get your paycheck and wait a minute. I worked total of 90 hours the past two weeks and they've compensated me for 78 hours then I have to chase them down for three months to get my nickels like no no every time compensated correctly you get sparkling performance reviews on time when they are supposed to happen and as I said they are always exemplary you are a valued asset to your organization if that is you please no spectating the number 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate I'll go over our news clips and everything else. I just want to reiterate something. I've heard Neely Fuller Jr. say this. I actually heard him say this long time ago. Proven to be, and I mean, wow, just this week. Now, I mean, you have all kinds of people die all the time. As I speak, people are dying all over the world. People being born too. But you got people, particularly non-white people, victims of racism, dying all the time. Now that said, Mr. Fuller, some years ago, he said, hey, one of many pieces of evidence that would strongly suggest 
if you are classified as non-white on this planet anywhere in the known universe the reason for your entire existence what you are supposed to be doing with your life is working against racism white supremacy and one piece of evidence that would tell you that all of the black people who are worthwhile who are recognized who are significant for any reason they are going to be recognized because they were trying to solve this problem all of them he said Mr. Fuller that's when we do our best work just this week they had Nichelle Nichols she passed away at the age of 89 black female actress what they've been talking about working against racism white supremacy Star Trek cowbell unfortunately we'll talk about that tomorrow but that's all they've been talking about working against racism wow Albert Woodfox Black Panther passed away this week as well we were just talking about the Black Panthers and Cointelpro Hmm, Nichelle, uh, Nichelle Nichols was probably a victim of Cointelpro as well. Maybe we can do a, a what you call it, FOA, Freedom of Information Request for uh, Nichelle Nichols as well. I am certain Albert Woodfox, I know uh, he had a, uh, what you call it, uh, Cointel profiles. No, uh, no way that he could not to all of the people who were in the so-called Black Panther Party like we'll get to see how much information that they knew about his confinement over all of these years but being recognized this week uh, passed away 44 years in solitary call it the box that's what we heard yesterday in the book club anywho and then third we heard uh, the last audio segment the great Bill Russell yeah, he won all these NBA championships and eight in a row and Olympic gold medal and NCAA championships and yada, 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 Hall of Fame and all this other stuff. Consistently this week, people have said he is a great man, was a great man, far beyond the basketball and that's great and whoopee what he did working against racism I have seen more photos this week I think easily more photos of him with Muhammad Ali Jim Brown Walter Beach the third Cal's guest two times Kareem Abdul-Jabbar I've seen more pictures him in Mississippi him at the March on Washington more pictures and more commentary about what were his thoughts on racism what type of racism did he experience cointel pro victim just like albert woodfox that's what i've heard all week long and then oh yes yes he won all these championships and great basketball player blah, 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 blah what he did again that's consistent everybody that's what they said all week long the very last audio segment that we heard he talked about after he's already in the NBA making a lot of money they've already won championships and all of that 
do an exhibition game in Kentucky. Find out that, hey, we don't serve Negras in the hotel. I remember some years back we had somebody say, man, man, do, do people have information on racism in Kentucky? That's amazing. I know we, we mentioned, like, we gave details and such, but that's amazing. I guess that was uh, years before Breonna Taylor and all the rest happened. I'm, Bill Russell would have been happy. Sit down, children. Let me tell you a few stories. But he goes to do this exhibition in Lexington, uh, Lexington Kentucky. I've been there. Wildcats. Woo woo. Uh, and so, yeah, we don't, we don't serve Negras. Now, they could have handled that a lot of ways. Hey, you know, we somebody will go to the grocery store. You know, maybe we'll find a black person. They can smuggle us some peanut butter sandwiches or whatever. And, you know, we'll make do. I think they were supposed to leave the next day anyway. So it's not like they were going to be there uh, a month or a week or something like that. You know, we'll we'll just tough it out. Do the game tomorrow. We'll well pay. We'll get back to Boston and have, you know, caviar and lobster, or, you know, whatever. And curse Kentucky, you know, for a good week or so black self-respect what and it wasn't even that they didn't serve bill russell they didn't serve his teammates who happened to be i think he said it was sam jones mr clutch who's in the hall of fame but whatever uh, so he's a nigger too so they don't serve mr clutch either you get out of here bill was a dang i don't serve sam jones like dang i'm not i'm out of here like <laughs> we're not playing this game like whatever i'm gone and his teammates too and I love he includes I already made my mind up I'm leaving like you know whatever they do they're tacky oh my goodness the niggers they can come and eat with me <laughs> who says I want to eat with you white man like are you see black self respect oh Dr. Welsing would love that like are you serious are you serious who said you're even worthy of sitting at my table Anyway, I'm out of here. We are out of here. So the black players, peace sign. He says, you know, Coach Red Arback supports them. Uh, Going to be out of here. Fine. No problem. Lee, that's even interesting because he was so-called Jewish, whatever that means. And at that time, like, maybe there's some question about if he's accepted as white or not. I don't know. But his name is Arnold. Arbach, known as Red. Anyway. Um, yeah, he says, you know, his coach, hey, whatever, fine. I'll take you to the airport, make sure you all are safe. I understand. I'd feel that way too. Fine. Black self-respect. And he says he calls the black players on the other team just so that they are not confused. That, oh, Lund privately I want to make sure that they don't go into this situation what is going on what are we the only niggers what happened what and then questions and you don't know what's going on no I don't want and he said hey let me emphasize you make up your own united independent I'm not calling the pressure you to play not play united independent I just want to make sure there's no confusion fusion so you don't show up and have to find out what happened and then make a decision on the spot you know as he said being so-called blindsided i did not want that to happen i wanted you to have all of the information in advance if you decide to play great have a great game 
if you decide not to play that is totally on you I'm not pressuring you United Independent that is spectacular but I mean what would we expect Hall of Famer Olympic gold medalist the great Bill Russell Cointel Pro victim Bill Russell might be coming to the book club although that is a rule we would have to break it is good to break a rule every now and then but we do have a rule against reading books written by black people right after they die end up uh, oof, man end up being not quality reading experiences but I don't know Bill Russell might be worth an exception uh, to the rule but anyway he has many anecdotes of work many 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 anecdotes of workplace racism had to make sure we at least included one now as for the rest of the reports that we heard which were equally interesting uh, they had we started off with them talking about the heat wave in the Pacific Northwest the current temperature in Seattle is 71 degrees it is 547 Pacific Daylight Savings Time the daytime high yesterday was 68 I believe something absurd like it is I mean for reals it is fall summer is done I think we're supposed to have like a moderate amount of heat uh, for like the next three days it's supposed to be maybe in the 80s or something which does happen from time to time even in autumn like sometimes in September even the early part of October you get a day where it's really sunny and warm at least in the daytime but I mean summer is over I've said that repeatedly throughout this year it's been the coldest summer ever the entire time I've been in Seattle again the temperature on July 3rd that's just one month ago the temperature on July 3rd the daytime high was 56 degrees coldest summer ever the foliage kicked in last month the foliage has been here for about a month in fact it's crunchy I was looking at that today I wish man I wish I was mobile I would put the mic down and just let you hear so I could walk on the leaves so you could hear the crunchiness if you like tumbled if you did like some space travel you and Elon Musk were out you know looking at the uh what is it the asteroid uh, the meteor shower that's happening right now you all went out and did your exploration came back you didn't know what the calendar month date was oh my lord if you landed in Seattle it's like oh my lord what is this October November <laughs> and it would have been that way the entire summer like I've been saying that since May if you if I was in that scenario I would have been guessing all over the place I would have get like is it March October November I would have guessed everything from May until August except a summer month anyway so called heat wave it was hot last week I'm not you know mocking them totally I'm just saying it is not close to triple digits today it's not even close to 80 degrees anyway heat wave in Pacific Northwest they talked to uh, a number of folks who are outside mail carriers and fruit pickers hey they talked we had all those reports talking about people at the farmers market you have to get that produce to the market generally cue non-white people cotton pickers and all the rest when it is hot 
uh, and in the areas unlike Seattle where it is hot and even you know people that are out uh, doing construction work mail carriers all of that delivery drivers who have to be outside like man that is serious uh, you heard uh, the non-white male he was talking about steps that he takes uh, to make sure that he's hydrated having water what he eats and all the rest of it but I mean that is serious. like talking to your employers uh, making sure that you're getting breaks shaded areas all I mean that is super dangerous that is nothing uh, to minimize or play we say that all the time you have to safeguard your health you have to be the one because they will especially if it's uh, the type of job or work environment where it's a lot of black people oh man they will shove you out there 100 degree 110 degree really even 90s you know 89 degree weather especially if you're someplace where it's humid like oh man yes and you're out there at peak heat when the sun is shining down especially it it makes such a big difference when you're not at the beach at the lake when you're out just and it's nothing but all that asphalt and sidewalks and all the rest and all that heat it's just being refracted and oh man it's like being in an oven like if you have to work in that sort of environment you're spending hours and hours of your day maybe that's your whole work environment speak up for your safety Uh, especially people that are dealing with areas where they're having all of these extreme weather events and maybe if they didn't I know here they didn't have that that's what they were talking about in Oregon that they didn't have these sort of intense summer heat days at least you know not very frequently and it seems like they're having more of them and it's more intense so especially if you're in one of those areas make sure you speak up maybe they didn't have these sort of events back in your day or whatever if you've lived here all of your life people that work there what have you maybe you didn't need these sort of stipulations before but we need them now and again that is nothing to play with he again the deadliest weather event in the history of Washington State was the heat wave from last summer where they were talking about that triple digit 110 degree heat yes I was here for that last summer oh my god I said the same thing I thought I was going to die when I was out just on the sidewalk I thought I was going to die being out there for just like 30 seconds it was horrible let's see um we heard the uh, report the shortage of soldiers talking about the Pentagon shortage now we just talked about that I think that was Irie uh, who brought that up saying uh, for young people who might be considering the military as a career I guess they're not <laughs> certainly not enough of them that that's something to pay attention to now if they're going to get all aggressive about it and they're talking about senate hearings and we might we got to have an investigation about all this and you know we're going to have massive increases to the signing bonuses and you know changing up regulation lowering standards if you will whoa i would think i would definitely at least mention that to black people non-white people victims of racism there may be a sudden spike in all kinds of promotion and folks reaching out to you if that means an increase in recruits in your school I would talk to my child this is one where I would not want it to be where just some amazing offer something that just sounds way too good to be true because they are so desperate to lure 
young non-white people in give us that four-year commitment or whatever it's going to be I would definitely make sure if you have young folks children cousins nieces nephews and just the same thing they said in the report it wouldn't be one specific thing that I'm pointing out I would want to talk about it from a holistic point of view hey Jackie Robinson is a veteran Geronimo Pratt is a veteran two times hey Neely Fuller Jr. is a veteran Get it, say it again two times Scotty Reed Black Talk Radio Network is a veteran how many of them do I need to put on there long list so I mean hey it's a lot of black people they have used the military they picked up some resources Walter Beach Third mentioned him already today lots of black people have gone to the military picked up constructive skills got their signing bonus or whatever it is and then moved on to do other things even moved on to use those skills to work against racism white supremacy everybody I just named so that is there now we would unfortunately also have to add in Lavina Johnson long record of non-white people being mistreated and I mean like in a variety of ways hey we might even have to add Joseph G. Christopher because I mean whoa when they start talking about like seriously they start talking about whoa we we so desperate we gotta drop the standards and we you know hey you dropped out of high school no problem come on in whoa 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 they said they said they had protests about that Joseph G Christopher like whoa Mark Furman we've had enough of all these white flunkies meaning that literally flunking get the FC <laughs> we didn't we've had enough of these white flunkies getting in the military and then they get all their training and what have you to come out and do some stabbing and killing and fabricating evidence Mark Furman did some beating up and bludgeoning of black people too that came out in the show but yeah 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 we've had enough we've had enough of all of that no lowering standards not in support of that but I mean it would be a lot of things to talk about COVID-19 we talked about experiments Joseph G. Christopher talked about that like hey what did they put in my food hey a lot of things that you sign away when you sign up for that four years gotta be a lot of it would be holistic yes sexual abuse yeah even of males yes lots of things to talk about that signing bonus talk to Irie is that signing bonus as good as it sounds lots of from a holistic point of view let's talk about all the pros and cons of a military career in 2022 in a system of white supremacy racism but that would definitely shortage white people are desperate Ooh, ooh. let me grab my child Jesus Christ let me grab my brother, my niece, my nephew. Yikes. Next. We had two uh, separate reports on black entrepreneurs. I want to say at the very beginning, because we heard from lots of folks, 
uh, Tiffany Wesley in uh, St. Louis and North Carolina. Tiffany Wesley, Rhonda Walker, Rachel Burns, Chef Amelia Irene Steed. Hope they all become billionaires. Same thing I said before. Uh, competing with uh, Elon Musk. They branch out, you know, from all their different ventures, right? Food and soap and, and all the rest. They branch out, you know, doing all kinds of things. Competing with Elon Musk, right? That's it. I've pointed this out for years. Feel free to let me know. Hey, Gussie Wussie, you are in error on this one. You don't know what you're talking about. Even I guess you could let me know. You are just an old, no-count, privileged uh, black female hater, misogynist. That's all you are. You can you can let me know if you think that's what it is. But I'm just pointing out. Now they had two separate reports on black entrepreneurship. Zero, and I mean zero mention of black males. Now I mean, has black male entrepreneurship been that outstanding over the past? hundred so years or whatever that black male entrepreneurs are doing so well they do not need any focus help attention nothing black male privilege is doing that well for black entrepreneurs is that true I mean because if I'm wrong you let me know I'm wrong if I'm being an old no count privileged black male misogynist you let me know but I mean you do two separate reports in two separate locations that's two separate stations and nobody no talk of black male entrepreneurs at all do they have black male entrepreneurs do they exist I'm just pointing this out because I've said this for years mainstream media outlets when it becomes time to talk about employment black males are generally without exception excluded and I mean from all accounts all of the reporters in those segments were non-black males as well. Haisi Chin uh, Flu, Kamaya Truitt, Andrea Y. Henderson. We don't even have black male reporters who do these segments, apparently. Again, black male privilege, has it been that dominant in the field of journalism? and business all of that that I can't even say all of that aside because I think that is incredibly important for it to be that consistently biased and it's the usual suspects who are to blame the individuals classified as white who are in charge of all of these different media outlets from Missouri to North Carolina and beyond that's who to blame make it plain no blame on black females non-white females at all but I mean dang zero all right that now even within those two segments other parallels I said dang all of the businesses that we heard from Miss Wesley Miss Walker Miss Burns uh, Chef Steed uh, we're talking food which hey not opposed to food I do a little cooking do a little eating myself uh, we heard food we heard grits ice cream uh, soap food truck I'm not saying there's anything incorrect about that because there's nothing incorrect about any of it, especially, hey, vegan cooking, my goodness. 
food as medicine. Get it, Chef Amelia Irene Steed. Billionaire. Helping black people eat better in North Carolina. I love it. Do more of it. Now, I am pointing out also that all of these black business or black female entrepreneurs that are doing exponential growth in their businesses, they did not mention space travel. Anything in STEM. It was food, grits, ice cream, food truck. Not diminishing any of this. Just saying. Very Elon Musk, food truck. Going out of space, food truck. A lot of this is the same they've talked about in terms of limiting. We heard the construction piece later on, right? Limiting. What are black people going to be allowed to do? You can do some beauty care products, sell that to your people, maybe sell some ribs, fried chicken, what is it, fish shack, that type of a thing, mortician, because we don't want to deal with dead negras. We don't even want them buried in our part of town, right? Beautician, but it's very limited. It's not like Elon Musk. Steve Jobs it's not that sort of thing Tim Cook they're not grooming black people to be in those sorts of positions black people to have those we don't even have to get to all we can get back to our old friend cannabis they're not even doing that for the most part allowing black people to have those types of businesses 2022 grits ice cream I love ice cream not grits so much but still grits ice cream food truck soap very limited again wishing I'm not disparaging any of those folks just this is in my view this is uh, what is it Madam Madam CJ Walker we have not advanced very far in terms of the system of white supremacy and what's going to be allowed in terms of black entrepreneurship unless I'm in error. They didn't mention anything. Silicon Valley, I didn't hear any of that. Nothing. Maybe I missed missed that report. Maybe they got, that's where all the black male, no count privileged black males there in Silicon Valley with all the jobs. Maybe. Yeah. Let's see. We heard Oh my goodness, the t- report on uh, Wait a minute, before we even move forward they had the segment on farming and trying to uh, increase uh, the numbers of black people who farm as well. And it was said in the report that black people uh, do not look at farming because of slavery. I will state categorically the reason that you don't have black farmers, the reason that black people do not farm or don't think about farming or want to farm is because of racist man racist woman, racist child white people. Now that would even be them for the first component if you want to say slavery and all of that. I would submit what is more important even than uh, some association with slavery and farming or whatever because I mean hey, Gus T has been out playing in the uh, in the mud and what have you. Like man if I, I got my hands on yellow watermelon seeds and it would have to be early now it would be a little dicey because Seattle doesn't really get super what did I just say 
daytime high today is 71 degrees. So watermelon generally takes high temperature, lots of heat uh, to get those big melons. And they have a long growth season. So Seattle would be a little dicey to do uh, quality watermelons here, but he neither here nor there. Uh, I would love to try my hand at some watermelon seeds. What I think has been the greater obstacle for black people farming, even thinking about it, doing it, retaining it, being even more specific than the system of white supremacy racism, I'm going to say the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Now, I could pick them for like generations. The same talk that they've been having right now about black farmers not getting aid. They had the big aid package that they were supposed to get and then whammo, didn't get it. Add that to your decades of white supremacy racism from a government entity just like the FBI. Even you could add in that Shirley Sherrod when she was employed with the U.S. Department of Agriculture and was accused of being a racist. Didn't help those white farmers and lost her job. Workplace racism through and through. Even go U.S. Department of Agriculture. Who's the fella I love to talk about? Earl Butts. U.S. Department of Agriculture. That's from Mr. Fuller, too. Earl Butts. U.S. Department of Agriculture. He got fired. Lost his job because he told a reporter. I know the Negro. Not worried about them. Out here running around the street. Jesse Jackson. Dr. King. Rest of these no-count Negroes. Black Panther Party. Albert Woodfox. Rest of these folks out here running around causing us all this trouble. Not worried about these folks. Bill Russell got him under surveillance. Said, I'm not worried about these folks. I know the Negro. I know what they want. Said, what, what, what do you mean? Said, I know what they want. Said, what, what do you mean? Secretary of Agriculture Butts, Butts, what does the Negro want? He says, the Negro wants loose shoes, tight pussy, and a warm place to shit. I don't like the redactions like you don't you don't redact with the U.S. Department of Agriculture secretary of the U.S. Department of Agriculture said about the Negro. You tell me exactly what Earl Butts said. I want. Tighten my shoes right now. I submit that is why Earl Butts and all the rest U.S. Department of Agriculture specifically that is a much better explanation for why black people don't farm don't have interest in farming don't think about farming don't want to farm u.s department of agriculture in a myriad of ways more than we even have time to get into right now let's see salt lake city utah i've been there uh now i said black males we didn't hear any black males entrepreneurs none of that nah, nah, nah. I think the first time we started explicitly hearing back black males, Timothy Gadsden, the third, Timothy Gadsden, the third Salt Lake City, Utah superintendent. And we think he's being forced out of a job. We didn't hear black male privilege and any of that victim of white supremacy in Salt Lake City. And they said, Mr. Gadsden, it's not like there's a legacy of black male privilege because I think they say he is the first nigger that they have had in the position of superintendent I think they said in Utah they didn't even just say in Salt Lake City I might have to go back and make sure I'm not lying on Mr. Gadsden but I think they said 
first superintendent in Utah like the whole state which is not stunning because it's not like they have tons of negro Mia Love Mia Love rolling over in her grave Carl Malone rolling over in his grave that might be all the negras in Utah but anyway uh yeah that first black male and he's about to get fired poor Mr. Gadsden and the folks who were sticking up for him they said the other council members who were saying hey it seems like something wrong maybe we're trying to to cape for Timothy Gadsden the third they we're gonna fire them too you all get out of here too rough times in in Salt Lake City miss you Carl Malone let's see uh, 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 Shirley Shrive. we should read her book I have her book we should read her book let's see uh, and then we heard Bill Russell oh with the construction worker piece the construct- there there's some black male privilege for you right there man everybody now did you hear that now that is oh and wait a minute I forgot one they said with Mr. Gadsden they said that there were secretive meetings happening where he was unawares and it seemed like they were plotting against him there's what they call unjust networking they didn't add that to the dictionary but see how is that so consistent Utah Florida all over we got to, hmm, that old Gadsden we're gonna get rid of him we'll rendezvous by the recycling bin at 0400 bring your John Stockton jersey hmm. <laughs> like what in the world what in the world unjust networking all the time and generally about the Negras John Stockton was all, he said there's no COVID he was out there like, he's not going to do the vaccine they didn't uh, they don't they're not doing unjust networking on John Stockton oh and he's got the Seattle connection because he went to uh, Gonzaga I think they like revoked his uh, tickets out here Gonzaga's in Washington uh, State for people who are not up on your uh, Washington State universities but yeah they revoked his tickets or whatever for being uh, into conspiracy about the Rona anyway enough for Utah legend so the construction black construction workers in Boston another teaspoon of black male privilege now, did you hear they're so slick with words now they started off I said man we don't have black construction workers why and this is a lot of black males we're talking about but whatever why don't we have black more black construction workers in Boston what's you know what's the problem we're doing all this whining and crying about Bill Russell and man it's so bad we saw we defecated in his bed and all the rest of it but things are better now why don't we have more black construction workers mm-hmm. they go talk to you and you're I oh you know I don't I don't know you know we don't do hiring I don't know they go call to the company they say well we can only hire who's in the unions I you know I don't know I don't know what's that even WGBH that's Boston Public Radio even they the slickness with the word now you want to talk about somebody being slippery they started off talking about black construction workers specifically they didn't say black and Latino they didn't say black and brown they didn't say people of color it was black people specifically when they got to the data it was people of color people of color like whoa 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 we, we didn't start off that broad we started with black people like Hey, that, I mean, who knows what is that? So if it's 30% people of color, is that 25% Latino and then 5% Negros? That could look a whole lot of ways. Like, what are we talking about? 
in addition to and even when they got to the apprenticeship program they did the same thing they didn't give data on how many black people specifically are in the apprenticeship program they gave data on the number of non-white people in the program being slippery with the words even WGBH but that's beyond even when they started that right there I figured that was the most important bit of data they started off and they said wow we had six black people working here in the union it was six of us back in what was it 1995 they said all that time has passed a little over a quarter of a century now we're at 30 that's basically about one per year now I mean that sort of thing I look at that is like computerized we'll add one per year and call it progress too because then after a decade or so it'll look like hey 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 we have added look at how many niggers we got here this is amazing mm-hmm. that's one of those same thing that they said there white welfare you want to talk about laziness because I mean that is like a cliche part of the culture the lazy construction worker on the job loafing around man I'm a point right now I'm at Richmond Beach but uh, the Whole Foods at Roosevelt is close to where I have resided for some time well you know for a minute now uh I was there earlier. It's not that far from Richmond Beach. They have a LA Fitness right in the same complex with the Whole Foods. That LA Fitness was supposed to open in May. They had the signs up and everything. They even had the little tacky people outside working with their table set up like come to LA Fitness and get buff, get your abs, you can go to Green Lake and show off and all that. They were supposed to open in May. We are heading into the second week of August. They are still not open. That is cliche for the construction industry. Missing deadlines and you say it's going to be done here. It takes five extra months and all the rest. Milk this for as much as we can and go slow and loaf. And that is cliche. They have so many jokes and uh, everything uh, about that. I mean, even when people go and I'm not even just talking about in the culture in, t- in terms of people joking about that and being in movies and a part of narratives and things. I'm talking about like just people's lived experience. What I just told you, the L.A. Fitness was supposed to be open in May, second week in August, still not open. Maybe that's the Rona, right? But I mean, that was this year. So, I mean, anyway, uh, all of that laziness, white welfare, they said in the clip, you get white people, they get in the union, they get these jobs and hey, you can't get fired. So they just stay and hang out 20, 30 years loafing. I'm not saying they don't do any work, but I mean, hey, I've worked on it. I've seen that, man, you want to talk about cigarette smoke breaks. Oh, my God. Smoke and don't let you be in a, a, a sports town where they got a football team or whatever, where they want to curse about the Negroes that are overpaid and they're upset and all the rest of it. And how many people Deshaun Watson raped? We'll waste a good three hours of the day just doing that. Did we get the foundation? Did we get that later? Did you not let that Negro miss six games after he raped all those people? Got 
I'll take another 30 minutes to talk about that. Get me another smoke in. Mm -hmm. Construction. We have, we have uh, what you call it, cows listeners who are construction workers. Let us know if Gus is talking crazy. If you've been around hard workers and, you know, that's just nonsense. We don't do all that loafing and extending projects and everything. That's nonsense. You know, you've just been misinformed and you're confused, just perpetuating disinformation. Let us know. 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Specifically, if we have union construction workers, right, who are in the union and all. How many black people in the area where you work? The site where you work, how many black people work? The union that you're part of, if you are. Uh, how many black union members? Just to kind of get an idea. And then your treatment, because we've heard some of this before. People have sent in emailed pictures where they had like swastikas and racist jokes and things written on the site. Or they would come in and make deliberately racist comments or come in and deliberately confound information so much of construction is about exactness that's why you have a blueprint with exact details no metaphors specifics right and they'll come in and botch what the specifics are and you have to go back and get them 50 times and all this and just you know nonsense all the way excuse me white supremacy racism all the way anywho uh, let's see Folks who dialed in, if you all have commentary to share, star six one, uh, give out the number one more time, seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. We'll get to some of the emails as well. Uh, let's see our color two two six two 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 six two. If you had commentary, should be with us. Uh, good afternoon to the cows listeners, and definitely good afternoon to you, Gus, and thank you for taking my call. Um, the remarks about the construction workers, uh, that was, uh, was premiered to me. Um, I, I'm here in L.A., and I have a sibling who at one point did construction work. Um, he uh, was incarcerated, but in he was released, he got into construction work and was doing that. He was one of those apprentices that the report spoke about. Um, he told me that um, one of his jobs he had, he was um, called to a location. He had this uh, labor union, the law office, what it's called out here. And um, he was called to a location for two weeks straight, and every day he was fired, but that same company will call the same uh, uh, labor union to ask for another worker. Um, he told me that they were trying to get a quote-unquote Mexican worker to uh, to keep on, but he was fired every day trying to get someone different. So that's, that's the state of, state of it out here. Um, the report about um, the uh, military. Um, I, I believe you played a report, I think, last week about the veterans. 
Um, I contacted them about my grandfather being a World War II vet. Um, uh, they sent back an email uh, stating, uh, thank you for your contact in the Black Veterans Empowerment Council. Due to an unusual level of activity, responses are delayed. We anticipate responding to your message within three to five business days. We appreciate your patience. So, I'm still waiting to uh, speak to someone uh, about the possible benefits. Um, I guess that'll be it for now, but thank you for taking my call, Gus. Much obliged, sir. I hope, uh, hopefully they'll be able to get back and, and have some assistance uh, to to help out. That is, you know, you have so many, I just mentioned you have so many black people who've, you know, made that sacrifice or whatever, and they make all these promises when they're desperate and need people to go and help them with their, you know, terrorist campaigns or what have you all over the world and risk life, limb, and everything else. And then they don't want to give you everything that they promised you. So, yeah, I hope they're able to to contact I did post the information for the black veterans uh on social media and everything so you can check it out but um yeah hopefully you'll hear back from them uh the he said uh that he and he's all the way on the opposite side of the continent and he's reporting the same thing and in fact I've heard that before not the you know they bring you out and get fired every day that's kind of a you know sadistic twist to it but the he gets brought out and fired daily. They want a so-called Mexican worker. I've heard that. We've even played uh, reports talking about that. Uh, and it's not that. It's or it's it's white supremacy racism through and through. We bring the nigger out, mistreat him, fire him, whatever. We get the Mexican. It's not that. Or we're going to practice white supremacy racism there too. We played the report uh, before we get the so-called Mexican. We want them. Hopefully they'll be illegal, as they say. Won't have documentation. Great. Mistreat them. Pay them less. We can do all kinds of practice white supremacy racism. And they will be even less able to do anything about it because, hey, I don't want to draw too much attention and all the rest of it. Trying to be quiet. I don't have my paperwork. Let's who keep my head down type of a thing like we've heard like race soldiers thought all of that through you know I don't need negro over here you got your paperwork and might have some logic maybe you studied a little counter racist logic might be asking questions and everything eh, I don't want you to get out of here we fire you every time Mexican give us somebody we can abuse and mistreat who easy to manipulate easy to abuse selective victims uh, let's see much obliged for sharing good sir uh i will try to weave in our emails uh before i get our next call i'm going to weave in our emails uh as we proceed uh, our bay area scholar long time listener like for years uh so proud of him he's so much smarter than i am will do great things uh but he's been writing calling in um this letter even though it's not like uh, like a tremendous celebration, few times for any of us to do too much celebrating on the plantation. But I was remembering like it's better than this time last summer. Like last summer, 
Uh, he was he was reporting to us about uh, Raggedy Ann. Uh, we are in the midst of COVID, which I guess we still are, and he's college scholar and uh, out in the Boston area, no less. Uh, so he's out there in school, and they I think had some sort of whatever their policy was at the time last year about the Rona. But his white uh, roommates were all pressuring, like, "Oh, you got to get the shot." You gotta get the shot. You're gonna, you know, be the contagion and you'll poison us all. And he said, nah, I don't want to do the shot. You know, I take it seriously and, you know, all that. I just, you know, I don't know about that shot. So oh, man, you're messing it up for all of us. And they said, they're coming around. You're gonna get the shot? You, you're gonna get the shot? You're still not gonna get, oh, you're gonna get a sick, man. You're gonna get a sick. You're messing it up for everybody. So they do all this pressure in him for months. And then one of them, they end up going to some festival or whatever and hanging out with some raggedy Ann white woman. She gets sick he brings her back to the apartment and he gets sick and so now it's like oh my god you're the contest <laughs> anyway last summer at least things are not there now anyway so he wrote me this week here's what he says uh greetings gus this summer i've been working at an internship for credit my role is as a sound engineer where I pretty much mix people's live performances and set up equipment at different venues. The staff are pretty much a range of people. My supervisor, who is a nice guy, has been on top of everything, and then there's my boss, who looks over the sound engineer interns. He hasn't been on top of his notifications or even responding to us in a timely manner. E red flag. I've had four mixing opportunities during the course of this internship so far. Everyone else has had around two or three. Most of mine have just been my boss calling me last minute for them since no one else could. Without any notice, I realized that one of them I had to do myself, but I was under the impression that he would be there too. I was able to handle it perfectly fine, brilliant, as I said, but it was interesting how that ended up working out. The two gigs I have been doing by myself were at a hotel and the rest are at bars around Boston. I can only say, woo, if you have to work in an, for anybody, our brilliant young scholar or any of you, any of you listening, if you have to work in an environment with alcohol where people are consuming alcohol or whatever, uh, non-white people, white people, anybody, that requires a special code. Just like we talked about last week, if you drive, that requires a special code because there are different circumstances that you will encounter that are unique to being a motorist in a workplace. The same applies if you work in an environment where people consume alcohol. That is a unique hazard. So lots of things would have to be considered. What do you do if a problem erupts? Um, How do you handle if people become confrontational with you or whatever else? It would just be a lot of things to consider in advance because these are environments where there frequently are problems uh, when people are under the influence, especially if they are classified as white, really anybody. So that's just and I'm saying this as someone who having worked in an environment where people consumed alcohol, I didn't even I hadn't even read Neely Fuller Jr. I didn't know about Neely Fuller Jr. 
even in my ignorant stupor, I stumbled and fumbled my way to a code because I worked in an environment where people were under the influence. So definitely, and especially because you were in Boston. Oh my God. Like they are notorious for like all kinds of racist, inebriated debauchery. That's how you end up with someone defecating in Mr. Russell's residence. Anywho, that and racism. Anywho, he continues. My most recent opportunity was a really last minute one as well. One of his workers, not an intern, I think that's important, couldn't make it to a venue so he was going to cover until he realized he needed to be somewhere else. He called me and asked if I could do it, which is when I said yes. I got there at around 8. This was a bar, so there was already people in the audience under the influence. Dun, dun, dun. He told me everything I needed to know and also said that I would be compensated. Now, he has compensated in all caps for being able to cover him at such short notice. I've been told this verbally and in writing. I stayed for the whole night and did everything I had to do and I got home at around 2 in the morning. To this day, I still haven't gotten paid for this, and this happened more than six weeks ago. I've been consistently reminding him about it, and he at first said that he forgot and to send him my payment info. I did just that and still haven't received a response. I asked the other interns about their experience so far and they told me that they haven't really done much either so they're not really sure I didn't tell anyone else about the incident but it's pretty much just been about our boss and his timeliness I just wanted to share this with you I meant to call in on the 29th for workplace racism and tell this but I got caught up at work happens to the best of us Feel free to share in the next compensatory call-in or in next week's workplace racism if you'd like. All the best, Bay Area Scholar. Exemplary job getting this in writing, and he said it verbally, uh, and then reminding him. Now, you having that in writing, excellent. Moving forward, and if there's anything, anything else that happens, um, this just you having it in writing, oh, you can remind you can do so many things and even if you want to you know pursue it small claims to get your uh, compensation cor- uh, compensation that's an, an avenue as well uh, but the main thing even just having it in writing I have to say like man like this really I'm, I'm not sure what to think do you remember this email you can print it out you can do it oh I love doing that sort of thing electronically do you remember this email am I going to be compensated direct question yes no when will I be compensated you have my payment information that's another one if you did that via email or text or whatever you have electronic documentation I've already forwarded you my uh, my payment information what am I to think do you intend to pay me like that's when you can just be very direct with all the documentation and then do that electronically so you have a record of his response or non-response you said if you've been doing that too that excellent and I think that is 
a scholarly move in not sharing this information with the others because hey we already talked about the unjust networking these are not your friends they're just the other interns I'm assuming that they're white even if they're all classified as black they're not your friends even if they don't take that information and immediately go back and share with your boss or whomever else uh, accidentally that happens so many times where people unwittingly unknowingly uh, share information and it's just it doesn't benefit you at all uh, now if you're able to ascertain that he's doing this to some of the other interns great but it sounds like and particularly the last minute aspect of it because for me that would also be a problem like that's so unprofessional where you've done way more than all these other people because hey you're available he even has his paid staff that's what I said that's important paid staff you're an intern his paid staff and they're not even reliable you get paid your own salary or whatever your compensation is you're supposed to be here for this event and you're calling out my intern who I'm not even compensating I'm lying to him and he's showing up sounds like he's worked more than everybody else like man what's up with the notification like I strive to be professional let's all be professional advanced notice like I realize that things happen somebody calls out or what have you but said it seems like every time it's last minute short notice and even the I'm under the assumption you're gonna be here I'm an intern so I mean they got whole commercials and things who's watching the interns and all that to just let them come in here and act a fool especially if they got liquor and what have you he's not 30 our young scholar here and then you don't even show up what the world all of that is just so unprofessional like that so much of that the I mean just red flags everywhere like what kind of internship is this and especially if the other interns if this isn't their experience where they everything is last minute and all sloppy and oh you're gonna be there oh, okay great I have some help and supervision and all that and then you get the, oh it's just I'm riding by myself okay I'm I'm brilliant so I can handle it but just I mean I thought you know have somebody I'm an intern why aren't you here you know to make sure I got it and teach me some things I'm supposed to be learning no okay add that to my resume but I mean all of those those are the type of things that learning this as an intern way better than learning this on the job Calm. that way you can already start to develop a code in advance when you're on a job like for real for real making sure that I am compensated you can even ask in advance what is the procedure if there's an issue with compensation if there's a discrepancy of some sort or anything of, of that sort what is the procedure for correcting that issue or resolving that issue and write all that down immediately. I think even asking a question like that, I think since it's like, whoa, we got a serious, serious nigra here. Okay, asking good questions. I always recommend asking about sexual uh, abuse policy when you start a new job as well. But all of this is just training for your career uh, in terms of knowing things that racists do and even the last minute. So you, in my view, that's the sort of thing that's setting someone up for, uh, excuse me, setting someone up for failure you're an intern he doesn't know if you or at least the assumption shouldn't be that oh man you know he's going to be 
brilliant and he can do all this and he doesn't need to be supervised. That's not what the assumption should be for an intern. Not in my opinion, especially not if the intern thinks I'm going to have someone with me for this event. No, all of that shit. I mean, it's just, it's so tacky and lame. And that's so common uh, with black people in a work environment where we are set up for failure. We're not trained properly. We're given uh, incorrect expectations and or they don't even live up to the expectations. These are the rules and procedures that they line out and then they don't even follow that. And then all of the last minute, like I said, for for sound engineering, that is a very precise profession talking about specifics. For some people, I mean, hey, that involves like maybe even the day before and all the rest of it. I might have to get my gear and let me go check out the location and all the rest. And, you know, it might be a whole lot of things just to know a day in advance or so. An hour? Oh, okay. Let me hop over like, oh, my goodness. Set up for failure. That is so consistent. And that's one of the things all of us trying to make sure that we're not consistently last minute five minutes notice that sort of thing where we can be adequately prepared to do our best much obliged uh, for sharing I would stay on them about that payment information I think that's one all of us like we should all do our best to make sure that we are never I mean to the last penny get everything because race soldiers they, they steal so much and they have stolen so much from us do everything that we possibly can to get what we are owed uh, on a job in a work situation. So, yeah, you got documentation and all the rest of it. It's no justification. I'm, I don't suspect this is like a million dollar internship. So, I mean, really compensate this young scholar and let's move forward. He's out there taking up time during his summer, risking life and limb at these bars with drunk white people. Cough up the nickels, man. Thank you for sharing Bay Area Scholar. Uh, let's see. Uh, other folks who dialed in. Uh, Irie in Louisiana, thanks for your patience. Star 6-1 for other folks. Uh, if you have commentary to share. Oh, hello. I just wanted to um, update you all and thank you all for the advice. Uh, last week, my um, partner, he has a broken clavicle, but it's not fractured. Like it's a hairline um, fracture. We did get an attorney to um, pursue the case, and this attorney is a white person. He has a private investigator, and he said that he should be able to track him. <coughs> I'm sorry. Cool. Oh, my. Let me mute my line. Oh, goodness. Context. Oh my God, hello. Supremacy. Yes, ma'am. No problem. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, but he, I'm assuming that the private investigator is white as well because he said, I don't know how he finds people. I don't even ask. He just does what he does and it works. So, unfortunately, in this instance, that's a good thing. I hope nobody gets hurt, but considering it was a white person that hit him, hey, as they say, uh, bon, bon chance, 
So I'm looking forward to hearing some good news um, so we can get um, get him some PT. It's going to be at least four to six weeks for the fracture to heal. Um, really quick, I heard the guy with the sound engineering and what happened to him. My experience being in music, you can't get a sound engineer even a day before sometimes, you know, so that's very abusive. Um, and then um, as far as workplace racism, I've been experiencing a little bit of anti-blackness because I've had to look for a side job along with everything else I do um, to supplement with, you know, our household since my partner was hurt. And I noticed that I was um, basically delayed or tarried as in regard to my application process because um, I'm not Hispanic. And then also um, I've had to just make the conscious decision to reenter into the world of substitute teaching just in case I can't get any responses anywhere else. And I'm reluctant about it because... You know, I'm just talking to parents and stuff over the summer. School really hasn't improved. I was doing an after-school program before school let out and hearing all the monstrosities and things that were happening. And, you know, I really don't want to be a part of that scenario. But um, unfortunately, I'm familiar with it. So if I got to do it, I got to do it. But that's the update. And he's feeling a little better, um, you know. So thank you, everybody. You know, we got to... <laughs> We got us. We got some suspected races on the on the job for our suspected races. That's all. Thank you. Right on. Well, again, um, man, just uh, sending healing energy to your partner. I hope that he gets one thousand uh, percent recovery uh, and quickly ASAP. I uh, hope he gets a, a great physical therapist, uh, super competent physical. Maybe we can even be greedy and, and hope it's a, a, a great, competent uh, black physical therapist uh, who will help him be feeling great and Johnny on the spot ASAP. Uh, but yeah, best best healing and, and keep us uh, updated on the case. I am not surprised that uh, a white man and or his white staff uh, would have all sorts of... Uh, means maybe even nefarious techniques to track down individuals so yeah let them have at it and yeah hopefully you all will be able to uh, get a big settlement and great PT for your partner um, yeah as for your own uh, situation I don't know the the substitute teaching um, I know you had talked about the, the situation before and all the racism and being injured in the classroom uh if you can find the right situation i don't know what they're they're doing in louisiana but i know they've been talking they've had so many shortages in different locations that they have raised substitute teacher salaries uh by like a hundred percent in some areas i think we were talking about some regions where it was 89 dollars and it jumped to 189 189 dollars so I don't know if you can, you know, maybe don't go back to that same location if possible, if there's a different school or what have you. Uh, if this is maybe a temporary uh, thing for the time being uh, that I don't know, maybe maybe it'll be uh, maybe you can find something that's safe 
and better resources than last time around as you just do this for a temporary bit hopefully but keep us uh, keep us updated on on what's happening in the workplace situation uh, as well um, let's see let me double check see if other folks I'll give out the number again seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate uh, check see if other folks uh, have commentary that they would like to share also make sure I'm plugging away through our emails here this is uh, email number two uh, let's see uh, okay uh, female victim of racism uh, she writes in <clears throat> vegan RD she writes in uh, I wanted to chime in about your questions uh, I have read the ISIS papers in its entirety a plus from Dr. Welsing uh, I brought race matters because Dr. Welsing recommended it in her book I have not read the book The I have not read the entire book I do make attempts to read but often am in interrupted by two toddlers I do say often the toughest job in the known universe uh, when I'm at work I have enough time during my break to eat home cooked meals and to pump hardest job in the world I do plan to start reading more at work when I stop pumping I would for sure say if you are going to read really any book but especially like underline it like 50 times especially if you're going to read uh, racial matters or any book like that really any book but especially that book man do not let them see it keep that like in the trunk I wouldn't even bring it in to your work environment uh, I would get make a book jacket and it would be a sturdy one too like there is zero chance that this book jacket is ever 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 for any reason going to slip off of this but in fact that would be one I would rather have an e-copy of and then I would just make sure that if it's my personal device it's with me at all times if it's my phone or Kindle or whatever tablet whatever it's with me and then it's in my trunk locked whatever so there's never any chance for someone to just kind of casually walk by the office and look down see the title see the book the cover nothing white people are extraordinarily nosy we're not supposed to be reading anyway and we've had so many uh, cows listeners who have talked about re especially reading a book like that or the ISIS papers uh, and where white people huh? what you reading racial man let me write this down this coon is in hearing racial man can I throw around uh-huh you want to talk about unjust networking man speed dial they'll be on the group tech do you know what this coon is reading we are all gonna rendezvous immediately see if he's infected the others and we've had folks who talked about that exact sort of thing so yeah I'd be real cautious about reading I mean you talk about having a code you gotta have a spectacular code if you're gonna read in the workplace next let's see oh she continues sorry uh, workplace racism uh, I notice 
the white female nurse practitioner has been keeping her distance from me. I'm extremely codified around her. Bravo. I say very little and mostly listen to her. That is the essence of codification right there. Less talking, more listening. I also avoid getting into a conversation that is not work related. However, two weeks ago, I was giving a patient an injectable medication and she walks through my office with another patient, which is a violation of HIPAA. Then she asked me to draw blood on this patient while I was still taking care of the patient I was seeing. I put my hand out to indicate for her to stop talking to me and she closed the door. A week ago, she was speaking to a patient in the hallway outside the nursing station. The patient I was seeing walked into the nursing station and I told him to close the door. She attempted to bring her patient through the area I was working in, but the door was locked. She walked into her side of the nursing station and I asked her to close the connecting doors. She got upset and said, I'm going to close the doors, okay? I remained composed and said, thank you. <laughs> she was pissed. She stopped walking through the area I worked in after that. She has also avoided me, which I think means my code is rock solid. My white female supervisor also seems to avoid me too. She only speaks to me when she has to. I noticed this about a month ago. She used to consistently stop by daily to pop in and check in. She still checks in, but it's way less than it used to be. My code with her is, when we have meetings, I always bring an agenda. I also bring my reports and things that I ask her to help me work on. I do not enter any meeting without being prepared. I also do this with the cases I see. It's so far worked for me. Bravo. My appearance is also consistent. All right, let's see. Scrubs, long sweater, hair braided and tied back, and the same shoes to work. I do not change my style. I want it to be as simple and unnoticed as possible when it comes to my appearance. I think that is, I mean, you want to talk about like bedrock codification, more listening than talking. Attire is not about being noticed. That is what everyone should be going for. No bright colors. Not try I do not want anything about my wardrobe to be attracting attention, commentary, looks. I'm professional. I'm clean. 
hopefully I have some level of comfort, if not maximum comfort that I can have while being professional, clean. What else is there? And as she said, it doesn't change. Never anything that, oh my gosh, look at those shoes. That is done. Because I didn't come to work to draw attention for my wardrobe. I didn't really come to work to draw attention for anything except my duties and time to get a raise. Then I want all the attention. Time to give out money right here. All eyes on me. Yes, Tupac time now. Let's see. Uh, appearance, anything else with the appearance? She says, as for my work code, I continue to try to make the nursing station as efficient and clean as possible. I stick a code. I stick to a code when it comes to when and how I do every procedure. This has helped me out so much, especially when it gets extremely busy. I also ask myself, am I doing this the best way possible? Excellent question to ask yourself on a regular basis, especially in the workplace. I am working on a code in my household for finances, housework, parenting, attempted partnering, and self-care. I hope all of this will help me end this system. System. That's all for now. Thank you for your program. The content is so important and required for non-white people. Best vegan RD. Two mentions. The importance plant-based eating diet talked about that in the audio clips man minimum counter racism watching what you eat and doing our best to to eat well all the way to birth breast feeding she mentioned that man especially if you're going to do some breastfeeding, you do not want to be potato chip funyuns juicy juice fresh organic fruits vegetables lots of water get those nuts in as well that's what you want to be eating and plenty of them love it love it they even said that was a part of the military shortage they said they had so many people suffering from obesity what i just funyuns chicken nuggets lunchables hot dogs can't even join the military now in desperate times absurd bravo to vegan rd for eating well and bravo that's exactly what mr fuller said codify everything am i doing things in the best way possible and i'd say for anybody in the workplace like man that is heaven if you are doing your job you're getting compensated and all the rest of it and following your code white people avoid talking to you <sighs> what's the oldie but goodie the Ohio players they say, heaven must be like this now that might be a bit of an exaggeration in fact that is an exaggeration because I mean hey so called heaven no white supremacy racism at all in fact there'd be no one classified as white get on out of here uh, but man if we gotta be on the plantation the race soldiers avoid my area 
I love it. I love it. I love it. At least, at least that we're going to minimize contact because that's what we say. Minimize contact, minimize conflict. We talk when we need to and efficient. We say as little as possible. Only the necessities. As she said, I don't even get into all that. Oh, what are you going to do for your summer? Are you going to Coney Island? Do you have any? You excited for the U.S. Open? Oh, I got What do you think about Governor Hochul? It's been great. Only on the job. Now, you see, even that. We're nursing, right? Health. Got the Rona and all that, right? We, I thought we still, hey, we don't want a whole lot of people. Congestion and all that in addition to, hey, we got HIPAA violations and everything. So people are supposed to be mindful of their medical information and not come through at the same time. <sighs> Who does this uppity nigger think she is? Tell me, close it. I'm going to close the door, okay? Tell me, come through here, close the door and fussing me about all that. Dang. She didn't say she got an attitude, and yeah, who do you think you are talking to? You don't talk to me. She didn't say she did all that. She's calm, which is foundation of counter racism. Keeping your composure. You ask for the job. I'm not coming here to curse people out and get rude or be aloof. She didn't say I stopped talking to them. She just said, I'm not going to waste time and sit here and talk to you. We're not going over our summer vacation plans and, oh, what you've been watching on television of late, what you find on Netflix. No. Workplace. She said, in fact, I have an agenda because there's got to be things that we, we got duties and things. We work at a hospital or at least medical facility like, man, we got serious business to attend to. Let's get to it. Bravo. That cuts all that wasting time and we dawdle and got to talk about the family and hear about what did you do on your summer vacation? Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Oh, you got a bunion? Oh my gosh, I can't believe. Come on. I love it. And again, you didn't ask for the job to come on and be moot and to not talk to people. I never encouraged that. You just want to be codified so you're not running off at the mouth. You speak to everyone every day, greet everybody. They have something work re- a workplace related. I'm all ears. Let me know what you need. I'm right there. What's the problem? You behaving in that manner, being competent, efficient. Let's make sure we got the station clean. Am I doing things the best way that we can? Can we improve anything? You behaving like that, and the white people just being serious and competent. White people stop talking to me. Magnifique. I love it. Now, you know there is all kinds of unjust man, you have probably been about fifteen niggers this week alone. But a nigger shooed me out of the nursing st- I hate her. They all get on that. I hate her too. Who does she think she is? Oh, I hate them all. <laughs> they get on there just all day long. But hey, I would much rather have that than them up as she said coming to check in on me all the time and waste my time and didn't you gotta be prying get into your business ask a whole lot of questions all of that and even just the wasting my time like we got things to do I love it that's spectacular and she said before I think she I try and get my breast pumping in they want to come in and be no what what you what you what you, what you doing what, what's going on what, what, what you doing 
dang, can I close the door and get a little breast pump time in? Oh, okay, I didn't know. I wanted to come in and talk a little bit. I didn't know what was going on. If all of that can be met up, bravo, bravo, keep it up. That is spectacular effort. And uh, if you got all that to manage, breast pump and toddlers, then yeah, Dr. O'Reilly's work might have to wait a little while. Much obliged uh, for sharing, ma'am. Bravo to the plant-based eaters. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up, star 6-1, uh, if you have commentary, should be with us. Can I be heard? Bay Area mom. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Um, greetings to you and everyone on the line. Uh, I was listening to the uh, email from the uh, Bay Area scholar. <laughs> he, yeah, he told me uh, something similar. Um, prior, uh, we'll see how it ends up, but I'm glad as well he's getting this experience and I told him that as well now so he'll be prepared when it comes time for the serious business which is his money and his real time without being an intern and I wonder too if it's because he's an intern and he gets credit for this if they're dragging him along as well because he also wants the credit. Um, uh, the female um, entrepreneur clip. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking, I, I wasn't uh, upset about the ladies having, you know, their own businesses. I did think it was, you know, common business practice that we're the kind of businesses we're allowed to open and highlight, and it's usually boutique kind of things or just small, un, only useful to us, not really a big impact on the world type of businesses. And then if you do have big ideas, we'll just kill you somewhere. So those kind of people don't, don't make it the big brain uh, people. And I did wonder what happened did only the women started businesses? No, nobody during that time. This was, I don't know. So, um, all the army recruiters, um, the uh, recruit for the army being low and the lack of interest, and then that commercial to where they were juicing it up like, <laughs> we want people more like Susan. And then she said a little thing and then said that the people were basically didn't want to put in all that work to do the job. So many benefits. What else are you doing? So I'm wondering if they're going to um, eventually uh, force people to do it or shame them into joining the military, especially people that aren't going to college. I wonder if they'll be there at high school and, um, really start getting them out of high school um, or juvenile, maybe make an uh, exception 
somehow or another, but they're going to fill those gaps and they're going to fill them with a lot of non-white people. There's a lot of white people that don't mind going to combat, but I know a lot of those positions are going to get filled with our bodies. Um, and then, too, those promises. So sometimes when you get a grant, uh, you make the promise that you may perhaps join the military if war or if, if requested. So they might take people up on those as well. We'll see. Um, and um, all that hot weather for the farmers, it, and it has been kind of hot where the trees, uh, where they have all that farmland and um, trees and things like that. And then to have to, uh, it's too hot to work, but you have to work because you, you can't take that cut in pay. Ah, yeah, terrible. So um, workplace racism for me. My second week at this place uh, for special needs uh, children, all, I guess different forms. Um, maybe seventy-five students, uh, math, middle, high school. Um, they elected a black principal. He used to be the dean of students. He's the black principal now. Um, it's like, you know, he gets instruction. He doesn't, you know, just make decisions. He's just the one that's the face of the school because he was just the dean of students just last month or so. Um, all the black people city, four black people, they've been there for a while, like, uh, it's a place where they can be, and if you're really willing to stay, we'll let you stay. Um, there's another black lady. Uh, she does social work. So um, I guess, uh, I don't know, more like a mental uh, mental health rehabilitation specialist kind of thing. Um, but she didn't tell me that she does social work. Uh, and I just told her I, I like social work. Um, but there, she she's rude. The black people started getting rude um, as far as uh, kind of just standoffish. Um, the white people were a bit intimidated, intimidated because of my style of being when I'm around, and then to have to work with a person like me, uh, and I'm not working at the facility like everyone else, I'm coming in from an outside agency. And then to top it off, I have a connection with the school district that released him. Um, and in order to complete his uh, behavioral plan, you need me and the district. And um, because they're so tacky, uh, everything's turned into a so there's a room that's not complete that they call a sensory room and in the sensory room you get a break uh away from whatever it's not really set up it's a good idea but it doesn't look complete to me there's a punching bag it was laying on the floor until monday 
they propped it up. Why for me? Because I've been fussing about this room because it's not for the person that I'm with. He's sixth grader. His last school was elementary school versus the older kids. They like to go escape, lay down, whatever their dilemmas are. They're much more uh, suited for this room versus him. Um, he just gets to go out of there so he can just lay down because that's one of his uh, uh, behaviors. Anyway, just laying down, it's just nothing to do. But I just lay down and he doesn't want to get up until mom comes. So every time he comes, he's ready to go. Um, also, uh, he hits. And I think a lot of times, too, he might be a little more aggressive with the females uh, because uh, he's in a two-parent mom home. And um, I think there's a dad, seems like, around because I, he, one of his kids, he just blurted out, dyke. So I figure his dad is not far away. I don't know how interaction he has with him, but there's somebody that's not happy uh, in the equation as a male. So he's a little more aggressive with the female um, as far as if he wants his way. So I've been requesting, like I stated last week, to uh, lock the sensory room. Um, uh, kind of help me out a bit with the student. I'm not, you know, I'm not his mom. We're not at the Chuck uh, E. Cheese. I, I, I need that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just I went from being a behavioral tech to a uh, aide. Like, well, you're the aide. You're supposed to just keep them out of there. We can't just be locking doors and stuff like that. This is a black male, new head of dean of students. I wonder what he was before. So anyway, uh, I said, well, uh, it, it, he keeps running in there, and it takes a long time to get him out. Well, you know, that's why you're here. <laughs> So you can get them out, too. So, all right, no problem. But I like it, but, you know, I don't know what that's going to do. I said don't like it. All right. Okay, no problem. So, you know, I'm just uh stay to myself. I don't have a lot of contact with anybody. The black teacher, uh, talking teacher, now she's starting to feel uh, as if she's not getting enough information. that She's just starting there, and it's conflicting information. Um, so, uh, she said, I'm just going to do it. And I told my mom I was going to do it. Just only do my job and stop trying to do everything for everybody else. I said, oh, wow. Your mom is great. Good idea. She said, yeah. And then, um, but she gets distracted a lot trying to blend in with the staff. Um, meanwhile, I'm just standing over there looking like I'm doing an, uh, investigation as usual. So there's a meeting on Monday called by the head of special needs, the CCBA of the district, and um, the school that I'm at, uh, um, another lady uh, um, that works there, the principal, very silent. That's why I say he's in the background. He's just the front face for the school, and he just got there. Um some, uh, this is like this clinical director and um, another a white teacher that told me that they're not going they're not listening to nothing I'm saying <laughs> they're gonna do what they want to do but it, they all individually have to start listening to what I was saying because that's the only way you're gonna solve the problem. So in the meeting that tried to throw me under the bus they even brought the mother who's not even supposed to be in the meeting so they're like what why is the mother in the meeting? Oh well, she wanted to come. 
come? How does she know who about the meeting? Oh, well, the brand new teacher that started with this woman, she told her, so he kind of got the link, sent it to her, you know, we told her we let her know. So now the mom's in the meeting, so it's a big mess. So uh, the sensor, she mentioned that the boy was in the sensory room for two and a half hours, and she didn't like that. So eventually the sensory room was off limits for him, but they're still letting him go. So as of yesterday, he eloped to the sensory room, and it took a while to get him out. Um, so uh, I had a supervised <laughs> Zoom uh, session yesterday that caused a big stir. I let everybody know that I would be supervised, but I don't think they wanted uh, a viewing of how he's being dealt with <laughs> uh, out. I think they wanted it in-house. So, um, <laughs> uh, this girl told me, um, oh, um, you, you need to do this. You need to do this because she got tired of the black teacher being a teacher and asking her assistant to assist. So she was looking like, well, what is she doing? I don't want to really work. I thought we was friends. And so the teacher, when she's in teacher mode, she's like, okay, this, 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 thank you. And she'll get back to what she's doing or try. And um, so uh, the girl said, well, she's supposed to be doing such, such, such. I said, I, I got what I'm doing. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So I was in the meeting. She wasn't. And so she said, uh, well, I'm going to go check and see what she's supposed to be doing. <laughs> so she goes to check. So the principal comes in. So she's like, oh, 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 okay, I'm going to ask them. So she asked him, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. But she took him outside. So the teacher said, the black teacher said, well, why would she take him outside? Why wouldn't she let us all hear so we all know what the paper, what, what we're supposed to do? Why would she do that? I was like, I don't know. I think she thinks she's going to show me. So we'll see. So she came in. She's like, well, you're supposed to be doing it, but um, they don't have it all together, uh, what they're supposed to do. So um, don't worry about it. I wasn't worried about it. Well, it still was what you're supposed to do. I was like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So she didn't come to the class yesterday. She kind of stayed back. But um, this whole thing caused a big stir. The parents, it's just a big deal. Um, I don't know how long the boy will be at the school, but I will not be at the school. Um, I can't deal with all that pressure, um, all that surveillance, uh, all that Secrets, all the stuff you're hiding. Um, little boy's mom yesterday said that his, her son, yeah, because, you know, he almost got hit by it. Now, she's an attorney, so they're afraid of her. And then she made this comment yesterday saying he almost got hit by a car because he just leaves when he wants to and goes home. And they told me don't say anything to him because his mom's an attorney and she could sue if we hold him captive. I said, I didn't say nothing to him. All I said was, Would, do you, you should let the staff know you're going home. That's all I said. I didn't tell them, don't go. And no, but still don't say anything to them. No problem. I won't even speak to none of these kids. I'm not tripping. So I'll just they have their own thing going on with me in the middle, but I just thought it was interesting how they try to cover themselves up and if they think somebody's watching, hey, get those eyes off of you. So I'll meet my line and thank you. Much obliged. 
Bay Area mom said, I'm going to check to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do. I'm going to be right back. Got my eyes on you. <laughs> Context of white supremacy. I love it. Now, see, we got another teaspoon of black male privilege because she started when she got to her own, uh, like, you know, workplace scenario and what have you. Uh, and she said that they just got this new black principal. Now, unless my ears are clogged up, she said they got this new black principal, but he doesn't have any decision-making abilities. Hmm. What kind of principal is that? You get the new vote for the new black male principal, but then he's neutered. Hmm. Black male privilege, yes, yes, yes. Now, we'll see how long it takes, or if it gets there, hopefully it doesn't. We played the audio segment, Mr. Gadsden the third, Gadsden the third, where superintendent, and then oh my gosh, this Negro. We've gotta get rid of him. Ah, the worst thing it starting ominously, I'll say. Put it that way. Now, and and right in line, she said they are intimidated by her. That's probably what they're saying about vegan RD. Intimidated. Look at it. It's got that breast pump in there. Ooh, ooh. Hostile. Ooh. <laughs> Just, ooh, she's serious. Ooh. Ooh, what are we going to do? Competent. Asking us questions. Ooh, ooh. Wants to know how to use training. Keeps bringing that up. Why do, we don't have training on the Hoyer lift. Oh, oh, oh yeah. She's intimidating. <laughs> and consistently... You got a black person. You're not trying to be on the entertainment committee. You're not chuck, chuck, chuck and laughing it up and all the rest of it and just here to be goofy and all the rest of it. Competent. Serious. Asking questions. Uh oh. Whoa. You are intimidated. Hostile. We don't. You don't know how to deal with you. <laughs> that I would much rather have that than people treating me like some sort of, you know, jester clown. If I'm gonna be a Negro on the plantation, I would much rather be the Negro that whoa, you gotta watch that Negro. Gotta be careful about that. In fact, may even be best to avoid that Negro altogether. <laughs> great, great. Let's have it let's have it be that way. If that's how it's gotta be on the play. We gotta be on the plantation. Uh, let's see. She said they got the sensory room. It took me a little while to kind of figure it out because she said they didn't finish it. They got the punching bag, but it's on the floor. She said, I've been saying something about that. And I, that's when I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Okay, this is supposed to be like a resource thing for the, these are children with special needs. So if they're having a tough time or whatever, they can go to this room and, you know, shout if they need to or whatever, punch the bag a little bit, whatever, get some space and then all right, ready to get my learn on, rejoin the group. Got it. Uh, but they, now, it's almost 2025. How much technology, know-how, finance do we need? You already have the punching bag. Just set it up. Is that a staffing? You don't have the budget? Do you need, like... 50 people to come in, hold the bag, figure out how to get the stuff. I mean, come on. These are special needs students. She already told us we can't, we don't even have the training for the Hoyer lift. 
young person who needs it. Can't even get the punching bag lifted up for the sensory room. Put all that on. That's the sort of thing white people will put that on paper. It's like, oh my God, we have the best ideas for the school. It's going to have a sensory room for students to go. Oh, it's brilliant. Brilliant. We care about Bay Area children, don't we? Sensory, it's going to be great. And then you get there and it's like, what what is, you got, the bag is on the floor and this is, this is sensory room? Hmm. We we you, are we gonna do anything about summer session is about to end. I mean, we we get one day of use maybe out of the sensory room. You think? She said, uh, <clears throat> they go into the meeting. Obviously, we so we got many examples. They don't listen to her. We don't have training for the Hoya lift. The sensory room is dilapidated. Punching bag isn't even up. We haven't been trained. What are we what are we doing here? Oh my God. There she's at it again. Just ignore her. She's just yap, 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 yap. That's us. Working by not we're being ignored because we're there talking nonsense. She didn't say she was there trying to tell dirty jokes, racist jokes. <laughs> she didn't say, I'm there trying to relive the warriors for Pete. Let me show you all the pictures I took at the parade. That's me and Steph Curry. That's not what she said. I'm talking about business. What can we do to serve these children? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> what in the world? She said, the mother not supposed to be at the meeting. That's what I mean. Every time, it's just total incompetence. These are special needs children. Does anybody care? No, we can't even give like they'd say a a half hind parts effort. That's not even a half hind parts effort. We don't care at all. The mother's not supposed to be at the meeting. Oh, well. Oh, the mother's here. It's great. So good to see you. She's hanging out with us. Wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. You say the mom is not supposed to be. Oh, wait a minute. Well, she's here now. Well, it's good to see you. Don't even want to What? What is going on? Marvin. This is the best that we can do. 2025. For special needs children. What a disgrace. And then. And then. I'm under surveillance. We're here to help the children. You all are slop. Not really. We just say that slopping things together. Whatever. Oh, you supposed. What? What? What are you supposed to be doing? Hmm. I'm gonna go verify that myself. That's the sort of thing where I say you need a code. I know myself when I was not codified. I may have said something slick there. Do <laughs> what? Do what? And it's not even needed. Like, hey, I'm not worried about it. If what I'm doing is incorrect, they will let me know. I'm not in charge. I realize we're on the plantation, but that is so clad. Like I got to go and check up on you and then come back and find out. Oh, okay. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. They're still, but don't you worry about it. <laughs> and this is total VGQ. I probably wouldn't have even responded to that. Like, cause I mean, there's so much tackiness in this environment. Like, less 
is more. <laughs> I am on, I'm going to say the bare minimum because this is so trifling and ridiculous. Like bare minimum in terms of my verbal responses. But that's a total BGQ that, you know, pay. Hey, I wasn't worth that. Hey, fine. Whatever. <laughs> no big deal. But wow, that is something. All that in front of the children, and even the I think the other uh, staff member remarked, like, "Why not ask in front of all that? That way, we can all be informed about what's supposed to be going down." Maybe I got some other nefarious comments. I want to. This heifer is over here and saying that what she is not going to. Like, whoa, man, oh man! Like, what sort of environment is that for special need for any children, really? Man, oh man. Bay Area Mom, right on. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up if we have missed you totally. Uh, non Clemson grad, uh, our female caller 2899, uh, caller in Florida, all should be with us. All right, can I be heard? Oh, go first Okay, uh, thank you very much. Uh, good evening, everyone. Good evening, Gus. Um, I just wanted to share um, a, a couple of uh, workplace uh, racism stories. Um, uh, once again, I've had this supervisor who is um, still, she's trying to, well, this time she tried to you know, take my lunch hostage and force me to, you know, have tacos with the group, but once again, you know, I succeeded, told them, you know, I have a prior engagement. I was able to avoid that. They also had the ice cream in the break room. Again, uh, for everyone, I guess, you know, for the summer, I guess to supposedly improve employee morale, I dodged that one. I've been trying to, you know, get better with my health, so every day, um, you know, I go on my breaks and take, you know, like a walk, you know, down the, you know, street to get in my exercise. So I'm, you know, proud of myself for uh, staying true to that. Uh, my second uh, story is not so much involving me, um, but there is another uh, non-white uh, colleague in a different division. And, you know, him and I were having a, you know, conversation and, you know, he was telling me, you know, I didn't attend the employee uh, picnic they had last month, but um, I thought it was interesting that he shared a story that he said that, uh, you know, they were getting ready to, you know, eat the food, and one of the uh, non-white, uh, he's non-black, I would say Hispanic managers was like, you know, come on, man, you know, why don't you go ahead and, you know, say a prayer for all of us, and I you know, found it kind of odd in a way, you know, that he went along with, uh, you know, doing that because, you know, if someone submits a, you know, complaint, it's not going to be the manager that's going to, you know, take the fall for that. It's going to be him, you know, the one, uh, you know, praying over, I guess, the food at work. I guess they put made him the honorary, I guess, uh, deacon. So that was um, interesting. And the third is... Uh, maybe it was I missed a, po- a portion of the show, and I don't know um, if you uh, played audio or if you guys discussed it, but um, I saw a story 
where they had a uh, corporate retreat, and uh, it was at a plantation, and they wanted everyone to, I guess, dress in period costumes. And um, I read this article where the sole black, you know, employee came to the picnic and um, uh, not the picnic, the retreat, rather, and he dressed, uh, you know, as a slave, keeping true to, you know, the period uh, costume portion. And um, I think from what I read, you know, the CEOs and everyone, no one, you know, they did not uh, show up to this party. So that is, uh, if that's been already mentioned, I apologize. But uh, that is the uh, definition of, uh, you know, tacky. And I don't know, you know, even if I, you know, were at that company and the sole black employee, I don't think I would have made a statement, you know, by coming as a, uh, you know, as a slave. I think I would have just probably set that one, set that one out. And with uh, that being said, I, I don't have any more stories. Uh, thank you for listening. Wow. Well, much obliged, non-Clemson grad, for your patience. Thank you so much, ma'am, for uh, sharing. Before we get to non-Clemson grad, I just uh, <laughs> priorities, priorities. Um, we did not share the report on the plantation bit although i'm not i'm not stunned um they have so many different events happen at plantations but anywho um you brought in your lunch the white woman's oh no 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 hostage you're coming with me for tacos i don't even play like that i think we have our caller down in florida at the courthouse uh we said he they put his water on the floor I don't even play like that. I don't know if like you say she took your lunch. Like, I don't know if your lunch was in like a refrigerator or, you know, wherever it was. And she just came and like grabbed your food. Like, oh, no, 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 no. You're coming with us for taco. I do not even play like that. Like you want to talk about being serious and what have you like touching other people's food in the workplace. Like, no, absolutely not. Like, hey. COVID is still going around, everything else, even if it wasn't COVID, flu season, just bottom. Where have your hands been? I do not even play like that. I am not about food jokes and all of that. Like, I do not play around with food. I wouldn't even give the opportunity for someone to grab my lunch or food, apple, anything. And, you know, oh, Gus, I got your lunch. whatever like when I said the book before in the trunk or what have you I talked about that before like if you bring your lunch in keep it in the trunk or someplace where it's secured same thing if you got that book where it's secured almost might have to be the type of thing you get up to leave or what have you bam get up and take that with me I guess you can't take it to the bathroom but like oh yeah like I'm not there gonna have a very minimal chance I guess did did that actually happen did she actually snatch like your your food items briefly well, well, no, and I and I think um, maybe I may have probably I may have been taken literal. I, I meant in the sense that you know when I say hijack, I mean you know um, basically uh, forcing you or trying to take your time away from you. Like for example, if I you know go out for lunch, you know they this is the second time she's tried to you know do that, and so much you know where you know they send out the email, and you know I you know um, you know obviously I don't 
you know, respond. I didn't respond to the previous one. It's an email to everyone, but I'm not in her department. It's another um, one of those instances where she's trying to rope me into her department to like, oh, okay, you can come, come eat with us. And, you know, I didn't go on the last time. And, um, the, you know, again, she was like, I'm going to go buy everybody lunch. You need to, you know, pick whatever you, whatever you want. And, you know, I didn't respond as I didn't go to the previous lunch, which you would think someone would get the hint. And, you know, you know, she, you know, comes in there, uh, you know, the subsequent day and, you know, ask to follow up on the email. And, you know, I just had to, you know, I told them, you know, I had something else going on and I would not be able to attend. It's basically just uh, her encroaching, you know, you want to go take your lunch you know, somewhere you want to be out of the office and they're just trying to encroach on your time and just kind of force um, something that's just not, you know, not coming naturally uh, to me. That That's what I meant. Maybe I should have been more specific. Much obliged for the clarification. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, well, I guess I just go back to what I said before when I misunderstood. Uh I do not even play like that. I would make it explicit. In fact, that might be one. I would make it so explicit if someone did literally like snap. My lunch was like, you know, had it in a container or whatever. And they like picked it up to snatch like, oh, no, you're not eating this. You're going to come out with us. I would put it in the trash in front of them like immediately and say exactly. I do not play around with anybody's food in the workplace. I don't know where your hands have been. You don't know where my hands have been. Do not ever touch my food. It'd be pretty much just that way. But yeah, that because we've had, like I said, uh, call in Florida talked about them messing over his water and all the rest of it. Like I don't even play like that. Now to your yes. Now that I got clarification on it. Yes. Got it. Uh, and then to come in and just try and take all your time and all that is so common, especially with you, because you they've been nagging at you for almost a good year or so now oh won't you come to this party oh come over here oh come swirl with us this weekend and oh come on all of that so i mean you know more unjust networking too we got this uppity negro back here she's getting all the attention then she doesn't hang out with us and ignores us we send out all the emails and she doesn't like oh yeah you're all kinds of uppity no count negros too that's probably why then they come and nag with the ice cream too like oh yes we got ice cream because they said you're getting all the attention from the white dudes and what have you like oh get some ice cream see if we can get a few pounds or get you in the obese club too and then they'll leave you alone like no eating in the word talk about fundamentals like man that should be right up there with composure no eating in the workplace ever I wouldn't care what it is they could we got vegan ice cream uh, and all that were made by black people. Where the the, uh, the 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 vegan Juneteenth ice cream? I'm good. Non Clemson grad, thank you for your patience, sir. Uh, absolutely no problem. Um, I just have a quick update. Um, last week, I called in. I talked about a conversation I had with my manager um, as we were driving to an event in, um, here in South Carolina. So we were talking about roadway safety, and he said one of the safety recommendations I had about 
um, restricting left turns across traffic got the state transportation department sued. Now, I do admit, maybe I just have bad hearing, but the way he told me the story at the time, at least it gave me the impression that when the state transportation department tried to implement some of these safety um, uh, tactics or strategies, they got sued. Well, apparently, um, even though they got sued, um, the state transportation department did win. It turned out that um yeah that the state department did do something wrong they condemned up um they condemned part of a property like point eighteen or point one one eight of an acre, which is not very much maybe like a corner lot if you can imagine like that um but um after I had to go back, I was so intrigued by this i i um got a little bit of help from one of the county engineer i'm sorry county lawyers. Um, she sent me the case and gave me some um, some of her materials from LexisNexis, which is like the database that lawyers use to look up cases and stuff like that. Um, and I was able to read the details of the case, including the decision and the dissent. And uh, basically what I was recommending at the time turned out to be um, correct and coincide with not only the decision, but even partial, um, partial, um, part of the dissent. Uh, basically, it is reasonable that um, you could implement safety strategies that prevent people from, for example, turning left across traffic. Yeah, people have to go around. They might have to drive around. might take a little bit longer. But it is absolutely legal, and there is, um, it's not what is called a, a legal taking where you're to access your property or, or unable to use your property, um, and then the government has to pay you money for the inconvenience that they did that made you lose money. Uh, I bring all this up to say, oh, I forgot one important part. As I read through the case, the person that had their property altered because of what the state transportation department did, one of the things they argued in their case was that because they closed down a road that allowed them direct access to, um, to an immediate highway, they had to drive through a low-income neighborhood to get, um, to get, to, the, um, to, get to the main highway. Uh, it's not that they couldn't get there. It's just maybe it added an extra mile or two to their drive because, you know, they closed down the immediate road for whatever reason. Um, but they call, I think it's very interesting that their major concern was that they had to drive through a low-income neighborhood to get through a road. Um, with that, I, I go back to what I said, um, what talked about with my manager along the lines of safety and the paramount and the importance of, you know, doing things to get better results and, of course, prevent harm and, um, you know, serious injury and death. And um, somehow he was able to distract me with this idea that when someone tried to do this, like the state transportation department, that they failed miserably, got sued, lost a whole bunch of money, and, of course, you just can't try to do stuff like that. And then later on, again, maybe I'm just hard of hearing, um, he did say that, yeah, um, he knew that the State Department did win that case, um, but I didn't want to make a whole conversation out of it. I was just left wondering, well, why did you bring this up to me? Not that it's not good information to know, but why did you bring this up to me, especially when you made it seem like they lost and what they try to do, what I'm recommending, they just didn't succeed. And with that, I'll um, keep my line. Master Deceivers. 
Man, oh man, that is fascinating. <laughs> he said it's in the see that that's what I mean about information. Like that's another one in terms of who has access to information. I'm not saying that there are no black people uh, who don't have access. I'm sure there are black people who have access to uh, Lexus Nexus. I'm sure that's true. But man, oh man, who do you think, white people or non-white people, has greater access? to Lexus Nexus. You can chew on that one for your weekend or maybe evening. Anywho, he gets the information, reads through. Now, how about that? I'm not disgruntled. Or I guess he may have had many things that he's disgruntled about. Whoever uh, was upset about, hey, they're trying to implement these safety measures. Says, hey, they shut down access. Now I gotta drive by the Negro. Low income means Negroes. Now I gotta drive by the Negroes. Get to the expressway. <laughs> like, how does how does that even get to trial? Like what? Come on, man. Like, are you serious? That should have never. They talk about that. Like they clog up the courts with the white people. Clog up the courts with nonsense. Like, are you serious? Get out of here. And you want to now? The young lady just was speaking with us, talking about them coming back and wasting up all their time and croaching. Come on, you got to get tacos. It'll be great. Bye-bye. You love tacos. We got hot sauce. Brought hot sauce in my purse. Come on. Wasting your time. Now, non-Clemson grad, all this in the name of safety. Oh, no, we can't do that. We can't, you know, eliminate the left turns because, you know, they had a court decision and all that. He said, suggesting, hey, I love it. Conceit, maybe my memory is bad. Maybe I didn't hear. But my and he talked to us about this on the program last week in detail, almost like he may have had notes or something. So, I mean, hmm. Suggesting that they lost the case. Oh, no, we can't do that. Can't do, you know, just say you can't make left turns even for safety. No, 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 no. They brought the case. And yeah, yeah, we had a big stink about that. No imminent domain. No, no, no. no. Won the case. <laughs> like Even even the stink about all of this, if you will, pardon the metaphor, seems like it's connected to racism. Hmm. Why all of this? And I mean, at minimum, you're in error. That would be like the minimum. The case did happen. It did go to trial. They lost. And, you know, it seems like they wouldn't have probably went ahead with these safety measures. Great. They could do that now and probably could. Well, Judge, hold on for one second. Yeah, let's see. Um, excuse me for interrupting. Um, there, there was a partial eminent domain, at least for this particular case that my um, that my manager was referencing. If That was like the 0.18 acres of the property that was taken because of a design change that the engineers, um, that the state engineers made to the road. Now, um, I, I got to read the particulars of the case and what the engineers did that condemned that part of the property was um, wholly unnecessary. Um, they could have just simply closed down the portion of the road that they did and not even um, altered the design of the road. Um, um, avoiding the condemnation or the eminent domain. But the problem with most engineers, especially state engineers in multiple states, is that, um, you know, they like to smooth out the curve so people can drive fast. And this is only made more ironic by the fact that the road that had the curve goes to a dead end. So the, the necessity of allowing people to drive fast to a dead end road becomes even more vexing. Um, part of the, the, um, the dissent in that particular court case um, which was noted 
was like um, the person who brought it the court the, the case to the courts um, tried to make the argument that because they um, condemned part of his property that 0.18 um, acres um, and of course closing down the road that both of those things were connected and that you know that and that um, that means he was uh, entitled to damages roughly half a million dollars. Now, um, this was ridiculous because it was very possible for the state government to easily shut down the road without, condemn without um, condemning or using eminent domain to get part of his property. That's where the dissent came in and where the, um, the courts at least looked at the state transportation department like, why the heck did you do this? This was unnecessary. So at the very least, the, um, the property owner was correct along the lines of the condemnation, but the closing down of the road um, that was completely separate and unrelated to the condemnation. He, but the property owner tried to use both in tandem and act, and act like they were connected for the purposes of trying to shake down the state transportation department for more money. <sighs> That's funny. That's funny. That a half million dollars. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot. I'd be upset too, I guess, if they were going to take some of my property that they didn't have to. But wow, that is a lot of money for the inconvenience of driving past niggers. Like, man, I reckon uh, that is fascinating. That's why I say learn something about everything because that is fascinating, Uh, and that at minimum. The boss, I'm going to go with non-Clemson grad. He's a valedictorian. I think his memory is pretty good. I, I'm, I'm going to say he heard, he told us accurately two times last week and then this time around that what he heard, or what he was told, his memory is correct. That this fellow was seeming like he was suggesting that they might have lost the case, that they can't do this. They can't do these type of safety measures. Wrong. Hmm. Hmm. That sort of thing I put in the greater context. Now, again, everywhere we're more, it's by statistic. They said the numbers places where they have large populations of black people, very resistant to putting in safety measures, keep pedestrians from being killed by these big SUVs and such. Hmm. Anywho, much of a fascinating update. Learn something about everything. Fascinating. Do you have access to LexisNexis? Think about that, listeners. Who's more informed about racism? Uh, let's see. Uh, Caller at the courthouse should be with us as well. I think we missed anybody else. May I be heard? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. I just have a few reports I'd like to share. Um, the first report is uh, I was walking to the vehicle from work, and a this stems from or started from a situation that occurred on a job where this guy who does these martial arts or jujitsu, whatever I've spoken about him in the past, where he 
is always trying to uh, say things to the people in the workplace, and he makes it look he makes it look as though um, since he's a he's a white man, you know, and a male and everything, that <laughs> he he thinks that oh man, these these women are trying to gang up on me and stuff. So he he said, oh well, there's such and such right there naming me. So I just I just looked at him, and I looked at everybody else, and I just walked away because I already knew where I was going. Because they like to he liked to talk about that violence, and I said that to him. I said, um, I said, man, you know why are you so violent? And he said, oh, it's not violence. So I was walking to the vehicle, and uh, he was like, you know, hey, you know, you could you you could have helped me back there. I was like. What are you talking about? He said, you're just, you're so non-confrontational. I said, hey, you know, I'm an employee. I'm here to get work done. So um, I don't know why you're talking about the violent stuff and everything. That's what I'm thinking he was saying. Because he was saying, he said also that, hey, you know, you, you could have knocked her out with one punch or something. I said, nah, that's not what I do. And it was a, it was a female there encouraging the violence a non-white female that I think she's like Asian or something like that. So, you know, he has this kind of odd view and I guess he's talking about like my physique and everything, talking about I could have knocked her out with one punch, this white woman he was, I guess, angry at. So I just kept walking in my vehicle or whatever. And he works at the other building, so I don't even really see him like that. Um, my next one is I was sitting at the desk, and one of the click leaders on the upper tier, uh, she walked past where I was sitting, and she named me. She said my name, good morning, my name, and walked past a black female manager in the segregated area segregated area, black female, just said good morning. And then walked past the other black female as she was leaving, exiting the area, and said good morning, crazy. And she was, like, giggling. So I was quiet. As you said, you know, silence with the codification. And the older black female walked out and said, what did she call you? And I'm like, see, she knew what she just said. She said, oh, she called me crazy. And she, you know, she she didn't say anything. But I think if I had said that, <laughs> I think it would have been some conflict there, you know. But, yeah, that and the reason I'm saying this is because she is skilled with the unjust network, and she the one that brought it here. And HR, the warden, is responsible for, like, eight years, of 15 of her friends, 10 to 15. And if it ain't people who know her directly, it's people who know other people who she's hired. So she's mainly connected to this chat thing. So they've obviously been talking about this black female. So she addressed her as crazy and she was laughing. So I wanted to share that one. Um, and I, and like, I wanted to read, uh, a part from our re July, it was from last month, 
the newsletter, and I, I mentioned about the Bernadette name with the sweet potato that was burnt in the microwave. So I think I know which suspected racist wrote this because her name isn't, like her signature isn't on this page. So they didn't reveal who wrote this or who typed this out. But I think as uh, racism and the uh, uh, message, and it's, it, it says, My Public Apology by Bernadette. On behalf of my people, known to human scientists as Apomoya, Batatas, I guess that's the scientific term for potatoes or whatever. And it says, I wish to apologize for the inconvenience I recently caused the clerk's office with my recent eruption. I'm not usually known to be a hothead, but I lost my cool. What's clear to me now is that I have to have a thicker skin and not be so upset about being put in the microwave. As you can see by the pictures, nobody is more surprised than I was that this happened. Tell me that the fire department had to come out and that everyone had to leave and go talk to the lady with the clipboard. I'm sorry that I couldn't go with you all, but I was just so steaming mad. I know Florida is hot, but I had no idea. I was never this hot. It was never this hot growing up in Idaho. Ma and Potato raised me and my fellow tots to be better than this, and I'll work on keeping my cool in the future. For now, please just accept me as I am, like yams, I am. So, so you know, tackiness in the word masters right there. And I know, and I think this is another click gang member that is that I think is responsible for writing this. And they have this picture of the actual sweet potato, um, and they put some cartoon eyes on it and put it in a plant pot, and they called it Bernadette. And it just the way that it reads out on the behalf of my people and thicker skin, and I see the color brown and things like that, I immediately uh, suspected that racism is being practiced in this um, newsletter. And I just wanted to read that. I, I mentioned it last week, but I really wanted to save it and mention it this week. And that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. Did you say, just since we don't have the visual, that they have a visual with this of, like, the potato with the eyes on it? Oh, yes. I'll I, I, I definitely I send it to you, the screenshot of what it looks like. It's it's a um, white person holding it in their hands. It's one picture of that. And it's a second picture of it in, like, a flower plant pot that they stuck this sweet potato in. It's like they made it into a character. They placed these cartoony eyes in it on on the burnt sweet potato. Hmm. Yes, you. So we can do this one one more time. So who do we think 
is more informed about what white supremacy racism is how it works hmm well uh, every everything that you said in terms of why you read this whatever you want to call it article in the what have you saying for years he's been calling in for years called in Florida I, the weaponization of the newsletter for racist purposes at the courthouse no less everything in his assessment about the article this is racist the, the skin my people and all all of that all of that totally logical I agree with all of it this is one and I mean you could take everything that he said right there what does it mean to be white I've been saying it consistently individuals classified as white do not think the way that non-white people think the amount of time and energy now it took him a while just to read it this was not something that he read and was done in 20 seconds I don't know how long it took to put all that together get the image I think he said burnt sweet potato the eyes all of that write all of this up which again it took him more than 20 seconds to read I don't know how much time had to, to go into all of that but that seems like something that would be in the middle of a health crisis a grown person I don't know if this person is a parent or not even if you're not you're a grown person with a job you work at the courthouse full-time job like how much time do I need to invest about a microwave mishap at work this has to go in the newsletter burn a debt even we talked about that remember because he brought that up before burn a debt and then we got to put this in the newsletter this is another one now if this had been a white woman accidentally burned her potato all this burn a dad we got to put it in the newsletter <laughs> isn't that <laughs> incidentally I will words man were all of that I yams what I am <laughs> all of that Bernadette <laughs> so clever with words but it's cleverness with words to practice racism I don't know these folks man I put some hard cash if this was a white person male or female even that rude fella that you were talking about that's all violent and oh you should have busted her in her face even that fella if he had you know burnt some asparagus or whatever his leftover Wendy's I don't think it would have been all that like are you serious Bernie can't call him Bernadette so with Bernie and all that we get a photo like I just 
I don't even know. Now, I'm trying to think if that was me. Like, I messed up, you know, total accident happens to the best of you. You leave something in the microwave too long. I try not to use the microwaves. I try not to use microwaves. They're not healthy. Um, but, you know, she's trying to just get a quick bite to eat or what have you. Forgets. Burns. Big, you know, chaos for a brief bit. Embarrassing nonetheless, you know, just regardless. Oh, so embarrassing. Messed it up. It smells all bad. Microwaves all messed up and caused all this. Fire alarm is going off. Oh, so terrible. No, no, no. We can just, oh man, you know, let it go. Tough day. Move on. No, 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 no. You're going to be ridiculed and teased about this. And now we'll have it memorialized. We'll go and get the newsletter and frame it give out framed copies of the newsletter to you on, you know, your birthday and what have you. <laughs> Remember the time Bernadette almost burnt down? <laughs> oh, we got the newsletter right here. Remember that? <laughs> we can pull that out every time. Like, are you serious? I don't even know how I would have, you know, processed all that when I was confused about race. I guess try and just laugh. That's about all you can do, you know? Just laugh. I mean... I don't even know what you could do like man it's so you know messed up to happen anyway and then I'm going to be ridiculed and teased about this for the rest of the time that I work here brace soldiers man does not get any better than tacky just like and then with the crazy that's another one when I was more confused I don't know how I would have processed that I would have just been like oh <laughs> that's about all you can do morning crazy and then you got other people even stepping up what did she call you <laughs> she just said crazy <laughs> what what i don't even know what else you can do blacks up bill excuse me you can even say a question like why are you calling me crazy or you can do the other one and you're still in the question lane can you repeat that please get, get your pen out and everything or your recorder can you repeat that please and write it down then you'll be like vegan RD they'll be stay away from that nigga dude. write down everything you say like, you can't even say good morning nigga is crazy but they won't say it where you can hear it they'll just do the unjust that nigga is crazy I went on to say good morning she wrote it down and never speak to her again or asked me why I called her that's even worse like, I never go over there again I stay away from the segregated area doesn't get any better than that's so disgraceful though like coming in for that sort of thing and then walk away and giggle are you serious this is the courthouse by the way we're supposed to be professional you can't even just walk you don't even have to say hi she could have just walked by and did the job uh huh right on and keep it moving disgraceful the uh white fella walk away that's exactly what i say minimize contact like for reals what's some what am i supposed to do even someone talking that's another that's right out of gavin de becker uh the gift of fear talking like that in the workplace you could have laid her out look at you big black male you could have given her right pow mike tyson her right upside her head who talks like that in the workplace how did you get hired for the courthouse? Same thing all the way through. He said, now, if that had been me, 
walking through. Morning crazy. What? What? <laughs> it would have been totally different scenario. Absolutely. <laughs> you come through there talking about, oh, it's about to be some, I'm about to be confrontational. Uh-oh. Panic button for sure. Even that, like to come and talk to me, because they, they said the black manager, he said that uh, they fussed at him. You got to get on them. They didn't say you need to be confrontational, but you got to get on them, man. Crack the whip, man. Tell, tell these folks to get it to work, man. You're the boss. He's going to come tell you. See, it's, he's so non-confrontational. What? I'm supposed to come to the courthouse looking to what? Put the elbow smash on somebody? Like what? What are you talking about? Distance. Intelligence. As soon as you see him coming, let me get out of here. Already know what you are about. Incidentally, that's the type of... He said they had the other white man that they said he is unprofessional and he doesn't know to talk, how to talk to people. Seems like they got lots of folks at the courthouse. That would apply. Like, man, how did you get hired? Anywho, uh, we did our time and a minute or two extra. We'll be here uh, mañana, Saturday, compensatory call in. Uh, the great Bill Russell. It's like, wow, like Bill Russell, Albert Woodfox, and Michelle Nichols. Now, I was not a Star Trek uh, fan, so she's probably out of those three, she is the person that I'm least uh, familiar with, but, you know, Star Trek is a huge franchise and she's a big part of that. Uh, we'll talk about uh, those three deaths in addition to uh, many other things that happened over the past uh, week or so, and including traffic fatalities, I believe. That might even pop up again uh, tomorrow. Much obliged for all the folks uh, who participated live or archive. Hope it was worthy of your time and energy. Sobriety would be best in the system of white supremacy racism. Lots of hazards. We need high functioning brain computers. Uh, you're out and about. Same thing we just heard minimize contact. He's in the workplace, this white fella, looking for conflict. Looking to bop somebody upside the head on my job. Imagine how he behaves when he is not at work. Off the clock, as they say. Exit. You want to get away from those type of folks? Could be armed. Could have an entourage. Unless you are ready to kill, die right now. Exit. If you're in a vehicle, you're buckled up, you're sober, you're not on a mobile device using or doing the small things that we can to stay as safe as possible under conditions of white terrorism. That said, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed.
I'm a victim, brother. Bravo. You're a victim. Shut I'm a victim up. of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>